0: Hey, what's up? Welcome to episode 38 of Movie Dumpster. Our trashing through the snow has come to a close, and, uh, it's a fucking doozy, all right. Today we're talking Home Alone 4, colon, Taking Back the House, from 2002, directed by Rod Daniel. I'm Joel Ascola. I'm Sean O'Rourke. I'm Connor. The people who made this movie
1: should be shot out of a cannon McGraw. Welcome to the dumpster.
2: You! Hello, Long time no see, that kid. Is that the prince? No, that's
1: Kevin. Kevin Vera, Vera Kevin.
2: Well, well that ain't Let's get out of here before somebody sees yeah, us. Yeah,
1: I think we got to lay of the land.
2: I'll be back. do yeah! ah! oh, oh. Or, you know, they could be shot out of a custom bar that spins, Connor. You know, they, we could do that also. Uh,
0: fucking Young Frankenstein, anyone? <laughs> Home Alone? Home Alone 2, anyone? <laughs> <laughs> Home Alone 3, anyone? Uh, Home Alone 3 was more original than this movie. Sure was. At least it wasn't fucking Kevin. Okay, I know last week I said, hey,
1: what's the worst movie we watched? And we bring that up every now and then. Um, and we've we've watched some real trash uh, what we haven't watched is something as so utterly soulless and empty and vapid and just completely without inspiration. Um, e- even movies like The Dark Forest, which, you know what, to the directors and people in that movie, I sincerely apologize if I bother anybody with the things I said about that movie. Here, here. At least you guys tried. Uh Divon's Ghost, you tried. Kurt Wimmer really liked making Equilibrium. I'm sure deep down, Uva Boll thinks he's making art. Sure, whatever. Um this movie is nothing this movie is a is a empty vessel it's like looking at a cadaver waiting for it to do a fucking cartwheel <laughs>
0: <laughs> this movie fucking sucks uh it's pretty fucking terrible um i don't care don't give me the excuse that this is made for television because it was for the abc family network um you you're taking a property i mean we've already got Home Alone 1 and Home Alone 2, um, Macaulay Culkin has waved bye-bye a long time ago, and we and we had that new kid for three, which is whatever, you know. But it with this film... Oh, we
2: also had Baby's Day Out. Don't forget Baby's Day Out. Also a Home Alone film. Yes, it also... Oh, yeah, that's right. That's the prequel. But
0: this film, I just don't understand what the fuck these people were thinking. Like, yeah, okay, it's a cash grab. Fine. But Jesus Christ! I want people
1: to th- sit and think about when they say that everything in theaters in the current slate and and climate of, of major movie releases is just soulless cash drabs, because those people have not gazed into the abyss long enough to see what is truly a worthless grab at, a, at fucking a, a few extra bucks to relaunch a franchise.
0: Darkness has a face, and it's Home Alone 4. Yeah. This movie is so fucking bad, like... Uh... And I, and I know we're going to get into it, but, like, I know we keep reiterating, oh, it sucks, and this movie sucks, and blah, 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 but, like, it is something to fucking behold. My jaw was on the fucking floor the whole time. Like, what were they thinking? Like, what? Home Alone, are, the, the two Home Alone movies that everyone remembers are
1: not, quote, unquote, sacred. Like, they didn't change film landscape. They didn't no. They didn't alter the way we make movies. Um, they didn't change anything philosophically or technologically. People liked them. They were successful. End of story. That being said, this movie makes those two movies look Mm -hmm. sacred. And you couldn't even get Little Things right. Why the fuck is French Stewart playing Daniel Stern playing Harry as
0: Joe Pesci? (laughs) Or the fuck is going on there? That is exactly what's happening. You just nailed it. I know what I just said, but I don't get it. It feels like India went and made a Home Alone movie. (laughs)
2: there's the fucking baby's day out connection
0: <laughs> it it this is like a Bollywood production without the fucking pizzazz and the dance numbers without the bitchin' da- without the the and choreography uh the pure flamboyancy of that whole culture uh and what do you what are you left with this soggy fucking nothing plain flavored oatmeal I don't fucking need it I, I can't even think of I can't even think of a, like the most awful thing to say about it, because it's just like mind-boggling. So this is supposed to be a sequel to Home Alone 3. For whatever reason that
1: idea fell apart. It should have been. What the fuck? Daniel Stern was approached to reprise his role in this one and he said, It's an insult and this is total garbage. As he should have. If Daniel Stern's walking away, you know, it's bad. Joe Pesci wasn't offered, probably because no one is uh, its that much of a fool. Oh, he would have fucking stuffed that script up somebody's ass is what would have happened. This movie was supposed to launch a Home Alone TV series, and this film landed on its face so fucking hard, the whole thing
0: fell apart. So, Kevin McAllister, yes, it's not Macaulay Culkin, it is some other fucking kid, and I don't even care what his name is, um, Kevin's parents get a divorce, and it's only, it's only been a year since they've been separated, and his father ha, is already seeing a new woman, and he's going to marry her. Now, it's Christmas. It's a couple days before Christmas, and Kevin is torn between staying with his mother and his shitty sister and brother uh, or going to see his father with his new wife in this giant mansion. And the whole thing, the whole plot here, is that Kevin goes to... F- to See his dad, and there, she's expecting some kind of royal family to come. And Marv and his wife show up to kidnap the prince for a ransom
2: oh yeah yep basically okay
1: and uh the McAllister's who were formerly very wealthy uh now have uh, apparently no fucking money oh the broker's a joke
2: I think that's supposed to be the same house
1: it ain't the same house well it's totally supposed to be to call these things houses would be an insult to houses because these aren't these are sound stages that are all dressed to look like different rooms
2: I I, I even have to just stop you for a second there and comment on the opening fucking credit roll here yeah yeah Ooh, go ahead <laughs> be my guest because I got some words you know how I Every Home Alone movie opens with the fucking blue house, and you know the, the logo comes in from the front, and there's, it's slow, and there's the music playing, you know the theme. Yeah, the lights click on. This one is just literally the logo, no, nothing remotely sounding like the Home Alone theme, and then it just cuts, and the first fucking name you see is French Stewart, and everybody else <laughs> is like, and also starring. Like, how is French Stewart your top-billed actor? I'm sorry, the guy sucks. And
0: then everybody changed the fucking
2: channel.
1: That's what happened. Well, it's (laughs) French Stewart was the top-billed actor because he was, in fact, the top-billed actor (laughs) in this movie. He was full of fucking nobodies. (laughs) French Stewart is the most recognizable person in the movie.
2: His fucking wife is one of the
0: aliens in Galaxy Quest. I think the one that gets with Monk. Holy shit. Oh my god, she is. This fucking, this logo comes in, and it's like, Super fast like Sean was saying like you know the slow pan like you know you have John Williams score over it it's kind of creepy and kind of playful at the same time and and mysterious for a fucking movie about a kid who busts a bunch of fucking uh uh, robbers in his house but like it's like you know the original one's like panning over it and you have like different names coming in and what have you this one's just like Home Alone 4 French Stewart
1: it's just like really poorly CGI oh uh like poorly done CGI version of the logo that looks Like shit.
2: I wouldn't even call it CGI. It's a fucking Photoshop action. (laughs) (laughs) And it just
1: it just drops in. It's like, here we go. Third sequel. And you're like,
0: uh, can I have a minute? Oh, French Stewart. No minute. Okay. Let me tell you something. I was missing John Williams so much. Somebody fucking paid twenty-five dollars for this off of fucking pond five, this goddamn soundtrack. (laughs) What is happening?
2: There is literally one song in the middle of the movie maybe two maybe two actual songs everything else is this royalty-free crap
1: it sounds like it's all ripped from an episode of barney like it's all (laughs)
2: fucking stupid ass like just baby town music like fucking bebop's in the corner on a pair of drums yeah and when you think of home alone you know your mind
0: doesn't immediately go to the score but then after hearing this you're like what the fuck like all the music's really good in home alone and, and it's recognizable and yeah and it really it really lends itself to the film and makes it better and general the music in home alone is like surprisingly
1: dark at times we were like this yeah. is actually setting up some kind of sensor for boating like this is kind of good and there's very recognizable stuff and this movie is just like none of it's none of it is anything it's just like this might as well be just like it just it might as well be peanuts noises. just you
0: got fucking fart saxophones and shitty piano, <laughs> or like, piano or like
1: a subtitle at the bottom of the, the bottom of the screen says like insert
0: score here and like another shitty jingle bells rendition we'll get to oh my god it's not as bad is holiday switch but it's fucking bad
2: so so as we kind of talked about the McAllister's their house, even though I'm per- again, I'm pretty sure it's supposed to be the same house, but it's totally not. Uh, it's much smaller on the inside. Sure is. And who
0: are these people? <sighs> okay, we're thrust into this world, and it's like, "Hi, I'm Mrs. McAllister. I'm not Catherine O'Hare. Hi, I'm Buzz, but I'm fucking nine. Yeah. I yeah, I'm Buzz, but I'm I'm fifty pounds lighter. I'm a foot and a half shorter, and I'm much younger than I should be. Yeah. Hi, I'm Kevin, but not Macaulay Culkin. I guess. And then the sister is who could care. Because, like, oh, <laughs> is she supposed to be the girl that was in Stepkids that,
2: that was in the Home Alone the first one? Well, she's Megan, the one that in the first movie is like to buzz. I'm worried about Kevin. You think he's going to get in trouble? And he's like, that little white He can't tie his shoes.
0: This time he caught it in the butt. Yeah, and he, Kevin is supposed to have two other... Uh, a brother and a sister, the uh, big Pete from Pete and Pete, and that other blonde chick, the Les incompetent
2: chick. What did they die in a car crash? And they left that plot point out? I guess. No, nah, they they
1: were they were pulled back into the Speed Force or something. I don't fucking know. Who cares?
0: This is the direct result of John Hurt
2: meddling <laughs> with the fucking.
1: Oh, this is this is key. this is this is time travel one hundred and one. Don't fuck with what you should not fuck with.
2: This this movie is Flashpoint. This is the combination. <laughs> This is, this is where it all has been leading up to. This is John Hughes Buchanan's formation.
0: This is a hell of a last episode for the year. Yeah.
2: He, he is literally <laughs> like, you know those old Warner Brothers cartoons where the fucking Bugs Bunny or Donald Duck or Donald D- Daffy Duck are getting like drawn shit. Shit's getting drawn around him. They're getting fucking beat up. This is literally John Hughes Buchanan on like an invisible swing in the sky. Like, ah, how can I fuck this movie up worse? And he's like rewriting it as it's going on. <laughs> He's got John Hughes.
0: Oh, wait, he's fused with John Hughes. Never mind. He's got John Williams tied up, making him watch it. Like, ha this is hilarious. He's got him in the fucking clockwork orange chair. He's like, <laughs>
2: behold the horror
0: which I have done.
2: And honestly, I just picture this this character, this John Hughes Buchanan is like a Two-Face kind of thing where he's like literally split down the middle between the two of them. He's composite Superman? Yeah. Yeah, sure. I could see it. He
0: flipped a fucking coin and, and Kevin McAllister got it hard. Yeah. I was missing Uncle Frank in this fucking movie. Oh, man. I was missing anything that res- resembles a home alone movie because
1: like there's none of it here there's there's pieces we're saying home alone a lot in this movie tm oh yeah Yeah. at some point actually right in the first like five minutes like isn't it that they like kevin's mom's like i gotta go out and you're gonna stay with your brother buzz and he's he's like i can stay home alone i've done it before and she's like don't remind me i'm like i'm like was that your
0: insulting attempt to tie these movies together because get fucked uh not only that, you're reminding me of the movie that's like 9,000 times better than this that I'm going to turn off and put the fucking VHS in. I was watching this, and one
1: room away, I can hear Ashley and Dean watching Home Alone 2 simultaneously as I am suffering through this piece <laughs> of shit. So I can actually hear the better movie
0: coming through my walls. That's like lying in your bed by yourself listening to two other people fuck. <laughs> Like that's that's basically how I feel about this movie. You pathetic, laying in your fucking bed, and and two other people are having uh, oh sh- such a God. good time with each other, and you're a fucking piece of shit.
1: And your eyes are just you're you're just wide eyed staring at the ceiling. Yeah, just one, like it Like when
2: will this end? I, I was just sitting there waiting for like the actual actors to show up and to show these people how it's fucking done. Yeah, because like the way some of these lines are delivered, I'm just like. Catherine O'Hara definitely would not have said that like that. Like, Kevin McAllister, he definitely would not have said that like that. And then I realized this is a folly. This is a waste of time for me to say this because I've been saying it the whole movie.
0: Yeah, I did the same thing, unfortunately. And it's like, not unfortunately, but like, I couldn't help it. But at the same time, it was like, like we have already said, like, it doesn't even... Make the effort.
2: No, I think some of the lines in this movie, and I'm not going to get too specific because it's very far and few between, are actual lines I feel like those characters would deliver, but they're delivered like they're reading it off a teleprompter. Yeah, I I mean, it it is a made-for-television
0: movie, but, like... no, yeah. It's just unacceptable. But, like, made-for-TV...
1: Had Like, there are some entries in made-for-TV land that set a standard for what made-for-TV movies should be, and I'm just gonna go one of my favorites, which is Fire in the Sky.
0: Yeah, oh, absolutely. look
1: like, like at fucking HBO. HBO is a t- is essentially a TV network that delivers, like, fucking big-budget TV shows, and this movie is, like, from 2003, like, it's not even from
2: that long ago. No. It, it's, it's, like, it might as well be a couple years ago, you know what I mean? No, and the thing that kills me is, and not to say this movie's amazing, but, uh... The guy fucking directed Teen Wolf!
0: Yeah, what the fuck with that? Not making Teen Wolf out to be this amazing film, but I enjoy that film. No, it's it's enjoyable, it's fun. It's
2: a classic, you know what I mean? It's not fucking Casablanca, but I like it. Another weird Joe Pesci connection with that. Uh, he also directed The Super with Joe Pesci, which is a... Uh, my... Uh,
0: that might be a dumpster movie. Oh my god, I forgot about that film. Oh
2: my god! I it's all coming back to me. That shit used to run on Showtime like all the time. That was a Comedy Central special back in the late 90s. I don't think I know which one you're which movie you're talking about. Joe Pesci is a super of a fucking uh uh apartment building and he fucking runs it like shit and a judge basically makes him fucking live there and it's it's about how oh man this place really does suck. Man, I'm a piece of shit. It's like a reverse my cousin Vinny. But back to this movie.
1: Yeah, I was gonna say I wanted to address the, the, the Marv sized elephant in the room. <laughs> because like when we actually, okay, like this is a very, very confusing thing because French Stewart is playing Daniel Stern's character, Marv. Now, yes, Daniel Stern and Marv and and French Stewart do not look alike in real life. However, in this movie, Marv is dressed and characterized like Harry, but we keep talking about fucking Harry. But we keep talking about Harry, and people keep calling this person Marv, and
2: I'm like, that's not Marv. Uh...
1: I don't care what this movie's telling me. <laughs>
2: that's not Marv. I don't know, man. I feel like he was playing Marv pretty hard. He just—it was just way too over the top, even for fucking Marv.
0: It was way too over the top, and it was—and whoever wrote this made Marv way too smart. I mean, what are we doing here? John Hughes Buchanan, man. Yeah. <laughs> Ah, this'll be great. He'll dress like Harry, but be mob, but actually be French Stewart.
1: If you just gave him a beard and lost the beanie, problem solved.
0: But you couldn't even do that. But he's wearing the same coat and, and scarf.
2: Was this like a uh, Dan Aykroyd and Casper situation with the mustache? Or, you know, let's get a little bit more current. Henry Cavill and fucking Batman vs. Superman. <laughs> <laughs> or whatever the uh... fuck movie it was. See, I didn't see
0: either, so I don't know. Can we just CGI the coat out and the beanie <laughs> <laughs> and we'll put a fucking afro on him and mutton chops.
2: So, so Kevin basically, Kevin's in his room watching old tapes of Christmases from long ago, last year's Christmas, and this is where you find out, oh no, my parents got divorced. Last
0: year. So it's only been a year, and I would assume Kevin is the same age as the first film
2: ten nine or ten at this point then i guess give or take yeah
0: this kid looks six or
2: seven also kevin in in the first two films never really had a relationship with his dad it was always the mom and for some reason this movie just decides hey what about the dad yeah i was
1: like yeah that's something else to think about because like his mom was always the one who who made the effort to go fucking search for him you know without you know no stone unturned like running through new york like a mad woman yeah um like having emotional breakdowns, like I think John Hurt even says in one of the
0: movies, he's like, "Ah, he always, you know, Kevin, he'll be fine." And she's like, "Are you fucking crazy? Our son's eight. Yeah, <laughs> and he's home yeah, by exactly. Seven. Yeah, he almost burned down the fucking garage with the glue gun, making his ornaments out of fish hooks. The new fish hooks.
1: Um, and in this movie, his mother's been reduced to just like a like a sad,
2: tired, like
1: <laughs> wonderful life makes me cry.
2: I feel like she got plucked out of holiday switch. She's a fucking lifetime character. <laughs> oh, for sure. Uh, so
0: Kevin's like, oh, Christmas ain't going to be the same. And his mom's like, nope, it's going to be exactly the same. We're going to have presents. We're going to have you two little shithead fucking brother and sisters. It's going to be great. And he's like, but not dad. And she's like, yeah, well, not dad. That's the only thing. And he's like, well, it's a pretty big
2: thing. And she's like, yeah, Merry Christmas. Shut up. Kevin's like, what about my other two siblings? She's like, they're locked in the closet. We don't talk about them. Don't you remember? <laughs> They're in the attic. I have two other siblings. You had two other siblings. We ate
1: them. Times are hard. Your father took all the money. Your father (laughs) took literally all the money and the swanky ass
0: house we used to live in.
2: Even though, like, wasn't the mother like a fucking, like, art designer or something like that.
0: Are you thinking of Beetlejuice? Catherine O'Hare selling her sculptures? <laughs> I don't mean I bought it. It's my sculpture.
2: Oh, yeah, but she also was like something in that vein in Home Alone. She was like some, you know, really well-to-do businesswoman of some kind.
0: I She was. They were both very successful people. Again, John Heard, well, I, yeah, that's the thing. Catherine O'Hare was a famous uh, sculptor. Uh, cause she divorced <laughs> fucking, uh, Jeffrey Jones and, uh, John Heard. you know, he got huge with his photography. He went from Chud.
2: Makes sense to me, man.
0: It all makes sense. See, it all fits.
1: Are you telling me that John Hughes Buchanan plucked, uh, what's her, the, uh, Miss Deets from the Beetlejuice timeline and put her in the Home Alone timeline? Is that what you're telling me? No,
0: she met John Hurd of her own accord. That's just, that's just, that's just the movie's... Sequentially, that's what happens.
2: Keep in mind, we're talking about two different people here, folks. It's John Hurd and John Hurt. Yes, John
0: Hurd, R.I.P., and John Hurd, R.I.P., actually. But John Hurd is the father from Home Alone, and he is uh, the main guy in chud also the last time i saw him was in would you rather oh thank god he was in that because he i the last time i saw him was in a sharknado oh no and i was like john i was like come on dude go out with some fucking dignity so good i'm glad that he got to uh, share some screen time with uh, jeffrey combs <laughs> it's pretty fucking good um but
2: uh, yeah, yeah. Me- Megan and Buzz. I mean, Buzz always sucked, but apparently Megan sucks now because they they call Kevin downstairs and he gets all excited, like, oh, oh, my siblings! They're gonna they're gonna play with me, and they trip him and they fucking tackle him and start like beating on him. And the mom comes in and she goes, "Ah, kids, you're so rough with Kevin, but I
1: love you anyway." You no, know, his mom comes down tripping on lithium. She doesn't give a shit what's happening. She's like, she's like, "Oh, are you abusing Kevin again? I'm going to the store. Bye."
0: they're like physically abusive instead of like you know they 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 gave Kevin a hard time especially buzz but like they're like physically hurting this child dude no like
1: this whole montage when like Kevin's b- by himself with buzz and like buzz is being like yeah you really lost up my night kevin yeah like he's, he's psychologically bullying this kid he's like he's preventing him from doing chores i'm like this kid sucks and why isn't he being punished
0: the thing is like his mom is like fully aware that buzz and megan are pieces of shit and treat him like garbage but she doesn't care no she thinks it's funny she's uh, like well kevin that's what
1: you get for uh maxing out your dad's credit card that one time
2: yeah yeah <laughs> You spent
0: $785 on room service. El oh, Buzz even makes a thing. He's like, remember that time you fucked up my room and I'm like, no, we don't because you're not fucking 18. How how fucking dare you? <laughs> you're not 17 with a fucking tarantula and porn and nudy mags in your fucking chest. Shut up. Oh my god, that's right. Buzz was like an adult. Yeah, he was a fucking teenager, man. He was like an older, you know. He was he was he was pushing 20 somewhere, right? 18, 17, 18? He had to at least be like in high school. Yeah, he was the old I think he's the eldest child of the McAllisters yeah but not like not this like shithead 11 year old you know what fuck me Uh, just real quick real uh I just recently realized that Buzz is Rodney Coleman from fucking Little Monsters oh yeah yeah but that's crazy to me because Home Alone came out in 89 or was shot in 89 came out in 1990 and Little Monsters was eighty-seven? Damn, must have had one hell of a growth spurt. That's what I'm saying, and I never connected the two because I'm like, he's way too old in his fucking that's, so, I'm like,
1: That's what happens with those kid actors they' Like, that's like that's what the Walking Dead has had
0: like struggles with because like Carl fucking jumps up three years between seasons. Like in a second, and I and I just put that get put that together not too long ago. And anyway, Kevin's dad swings by and knocks on the door and he's like, Hey, Merry Christmas. Everything's fine. How are you? And he's talking to the white he's like he's like, oh he You know, they give his kids a hug and they they go upstairs or they fuck off into some other room and he's talking to his wife and he's like, he's like, hey, uh, you know, uh, I just want to tell you something important. She's like, you know, I really got to go. I got a business meeting or whatever. And he's like, look, it'll take two seconds. You ready? Uh, I'm getting married to the woman. And she's like, (laughs) we've only been separated for eight months. He's like, yeah, I know. It's a a little quick or whatever, but uh, fuck it. Uh, I'm getting married. And she's like, Kay, And he's like, you know, I think the kids should come stay with me for Christmas and get introduced to their new stepmother. And she's like, you're going to take all my children away from me on Christmas to be with your new wife. And he's like, yep. And he's like, yeah, sure am. And she's like, <laughs> she's like Kay. well, you can go
2: ask him and uh, thankfully they all kind of say no. Well, then Kevin reiterates the speech that he gave in Home Alone 2 after Buzz humiliated him in front of the fucking school.
0: Yeah, because after the montage, uh, his his mom comes home, um, and she's like, what's the matter with you? And Kevin's like, I hate Buzz. I hate Megan, I don't want them to be my brother and sister ever again. She, uh, His mother goes, um, uh, you know, maybe you better go up to your room and think about all the things that you do appreciate. And he stomps off. Now, this is the point where, you know, we go inside Kevin's head and, you know, he, you hear him say, like, I wish they would all disappear and look what you did, you little jerk. But that doesn't happen. Instead, he fucking calls a cab. Yeah. And gets a ride to his dad's fiance's house. And that's how we're home alone. But not really, because he's never actually alone. He's always home alone, quote-unquote, with somebody else. He even says that before. He's like, don't leave me home alone with Buzz. And it's like, you're not home alone. You're with Buzz. So this kid, throughout this whole fucking movie, is never left to his own devices in a house that's unoccupied.
1: Also, how does he know to t- where to tell this cab to go if he's never met this woman? I don't know. Go
0: to Natalie's house on the speed, on stat. <laughs> he's like, oh yes, Miss Natalie, the rich white woman who lives down the street. He pulls his fucking piggy bank out and he gets a ride from this from this Russian cab driver, and he's like, and he's like. He's like, is this the place? And he's like, yep, that's it. Giant fucking mansion where my dad's living or whatever. And he's like, here you
2: go, sir. Keep the change and hands him the piggy bank. He's like, "But it's all change. And he's like, yep, fuck off. See ya. As I'm watching this movie and he's delivering these lines, like, I, I don't know if this kid just, they made him watch the movie a bunch of times, like act like this kid. Yeah. And so like, he's, he's doing these scenes like, and it, you can kind of see the impression, but it's really poorly executed and I'm just sitting here thinking, why didn't they just, if they're going to do this, just let the kid just fucking do it. Why is he trying to be Macaulay Culkin? Yeah, well, not only that, but, like, these all should have been maybe one or two years older, each kid. Yeah.
0: Um, The actors-wise, because, like, I mean, it's so fucking flat and just, like, when this kid smiles or is, is being uh or having a good time he looks like he's having a fucking aneurysm he literally goes eh, his fucking eyes roll on the back of his head and he's fucking flailing all over the place like what the fuck is happening here uh no he dials it
1: up and he does that kind of that that annoying like <laughs> yeah i'm Ke- and i'm like this isn't kevin McAllister. the colgan he didn't take extreme pleasure in like his small victories like this little shit stain does like this kid stops to vamp and laugh at
0: every every like small win he gets not to keep calling back to the to the first movie but like. Kevin has like intelligent lines of dialogue. Like the kid is hyper aware of what's going on. Yeah, and he almost had he almost converses with everybody like he's an adult. And
2: that's like a- that's like one of his major character quirks. Well, it ha- but it has to be that way. Uh, yeah,
1: yeah. Because the first movie, like his mom's like, "Why don't you go upstairs? Like we're gonna go upstairs and th- we're gonna talk about what you just did." And he's
0: like, "We are upstairs, stupid." Yeah, like, <laughs> or like you know, or like or gives like rationalization to things like. um, you know whatever his isms are with you know like the lady at the grocery store or the woman or when he walks into the fucking pharmacy and he's like excuse me ma'am can you tell me if this toothbrush is approved by the american dental so- association that's a fucking great gag because he's like eight
1: <laughs> yeah yeah that and the way he defends the building in home alone Two is like is is military level planning like he oh, has yeah. that entire building strapped down for a defense uh strategy and at the end of it he's like he's like and the backup plan is to get a building call the police
0: tell them the guys have a gun and then make sure they get a. Exactly. Or like even the little pep talks he has with himself. Like, you know, this is stupid. I'm hiding under a bed. I'm not a wimp. I gotta protect the house, you know? Yeah. And in this he's like, I didn't do it. Oh, I'm a child. It was it was somebody. It was robbers or whatever.
2: (laughs) And it's like, shut up. It's almost like this movie is somewhat more believable, but like way worse because of that. Yeah, because you don't need realism like that. Like (laughs) like especially when
0: it's a kid. I guess my main point is Kevin needs to be relatable and he's just not at
2: all like zero percent. Right. No, he's just, he's a one dimensional dumb kid. No. And this, and this dumb kid gets out of the cab and, and you see as he gets out, that fucking Marv is just parked in front of this mansion and, and no one fucking calls the police or, or goes up to this car and says, Hey, what are you doing here? Nope. Um, no, he's just there with his apparently his wife Vera. Is this Sonia Blade? Is that Sonia Blade? No, this this is one of the aliens from Al- Galaxy Quest.
0: Oh. Yeah, it's the one Tony Shalhoub crushes on. Oh. What's her name? Miss Missy piles Oh yeah, I didn't even fucking. <laughs> I thought that was Sonia Blade the whole fucking time. <laughs> I know we've talked about but like imagine being someone who has has no idea
1: of the trivia or background of this movie and, like, transitions over to French Stewart dressed as Harry, and someone goes, Marv! They would go, what the fuck?
0: Yeah, and be like, is he supposed to be Joe Pesci? And be like, no, his
1: name's Marv. Who? What? But yeah, he's parked outside, and they have don't they had some, some speech about how his burglary days are over, and now he's into kidnapping.
2: Oh, yeah, and he also implies that his wife was a prostitute, but he cuts himself off, like, mid-sentence on that one, yeah. I guess. Yeah...
0: And then he keeps, they keep talking about the plan, and she's like, oh, you mean Harry's plan? And he's like, no, not Harry's plan, my plan, I'm the boss now, we cut it off with Harry,
2: because he always got me locked up in jail or something. Let me tell you something, Harry's fucking rich right now because he dropped your ass. Harry, not only that, but Harry
0: has been absorbed by... Marv, and that's why he looks like French <laughs> Stewart. Oh.
1: Wait, they did the fusion dance?
0: Yo, he did the fusion dance, and that's what you get. You get French Stewart when you merge Joe Pesci and fucking Daniel Stern.
1: I would pay top dollar to see Joe Pesci and Daniel Stern do the fusion dance and say, Fusion Ha! <laughs>
0: <laughs> their fingers together.
2: You know, John Hughes Buchanan, they went through this horrible fucking, con- you know, combination. They went through, like, some acid bath to fucking be combined, and they were like, you know, what? we're not gonna make Harry and Marv go through that fucking torture. We're just gonna have them do the fusion dance. It's gonna be nice and clean.
1: But, like, they missed a step, so it's like the fat version of Gogeta or something like that. That's how you get
0: French Stewart. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they took him to fucking Freakland and spread the fucking sludge on him from Elijah C. Sc- they They fucking slimed him with Zygrot 24, and he became French well, no,
2: Stewart. That, well, that's I think John Hughes Buchanan happened. I I think French Stewart is just legitimately, you know, fusion dance straight up, but I, you know, I could go for either one of those scenarios. They all sound pretty good to me. Does that
1: mean Vera's married to two men?
2: I was going to say though, if, if, if for the sake of argument that uh you know Harry and Marv were put together via freaked uh, i'm just assuming Harry is just like on Marv's chest like you know uh the guy from fucking uh marv! from total recall oh my god open your mind to me marv open your mind to me marv you just hear from his stomach freaking frakin frickin', frakin <laughs>
0: Marv, what are you doing? Marv. Marv, get the gun. That's the one, Marv. That's the silver tuna.
2: Harry's got a little arm with a mini pistol like Santa Claus from Christmas that almost wasn't.
0: (laughs) He scratches Marv's ass with his little hand. Oh, my God. Jesus Christ. Better movie. Better fucking movie. Mutant Marv and fucking Harry. (laughs) Home Alone 6, Rise of the Mutants. I, please, I'll pay for that one. So, Harry... Uh, Harry, Jesus Christ. Marv... <laughs> see? <laughs> see? It <laughs> might as well be. Marv... Marvy? Mar... Marvy. Marv, Marvy Lime. Harv? Harvey Lenchant. Harvey Leechin. Yeah, so he's like talking to his wife and he's like, yeah, we're gonna go in there and we're gonna steal the prince because the prince is coming or whatever.
1: Is this the first you hear of this like whole royal
0: subplot where he's like, yeah, we're gonna kidnap the prince. I was like, the prince of who? Yeah, the prince of the prince of what? And you, well, they just—they're just like, oh, the royal family, and they never tell you where it is. I mean, it could be fucking India, it could be Africa, it could be Britain. Who fucking knows? The royal family's this movie's MacGuffin. I'm convinced. Yeah, pretty much. It is though, because you get faked out like three or four fucking times, and then it actually happens, and you're like, oh, there's the MacGuffin. Yeah, that's this is what they talk about. He's like, I'm into burglary now. And he says, I'm in three words: kidnapping. I was
2: like, <laughs> <laughs> the Maltese Falcon physically appears at the end of this movie so Kevin he goes up to this fucking mansion and it's like the beginning of Fresh Prince and he knocks <laughs> on the fucking door <laughs> Let me tell you how about I ate Kevin McAllister. Fucking Eric Avari, of all people, answers uh, the goddamn door. I felt so bad.
1: Who's the, who I would
2: say should be the
1: top build actor in this movie. Right. Because, like, his, his, his resume is, is pretty staggering. It's just
0: stuff he's been in. Well, this is a comedy, so that's why we're pushing French Stewart, but goddamn, I feel horrible for this guy. He's, like, a classically trained actor, man. And the only one in this movie who's, like, giving a performance that should tell you he's giving at least half of the shit. Oh, he's, care he cares. And his character is on point. I mean, he plays the best butler you ever seen. He plays, he plays old man
2: Marley. <laughs> More or less? He might as well be that character. Yeah, kind of
0: merged with the turtle dove
2: lady yeah (laughs) there's a whole lot of merging going on in this (laughs) fucking movie everybody's fusion dancing like crazy well kevin he goes in the house with prescott and there's this like this sexy music playing because uh peter fucking kevin's dad peter and his his new wife-to-be are just like in another room like ready to fuck and then and then prescott's like ah kevin McAllister's here and they're like oh okay we gotta welcome him and And Natalie looks super pissed about him. Peter's just like fixing his shirt like, "Ah, Kevin, good to see you." And she's like, "Ah, oh, yeah, kids. Ugh. she's kind of she's kind of okay with it for a little while.
1: What the fuck is with the writing for Natalie? because like every two scenes she switches from being someone who like, is entertaining the idea of, like, welcoming Kevin to her life, and then
0: two scenes later is, like, my material possessions! She's so fucking, like, hot and cold in terms of acting, it's like, what the fuck is happening here? Like, you can't play it so fast and loose like that, because then there's no character arc, you know what I mean? It's like, okay, by the end of the movie, you're like, what the fuck is this lady's problem? I suppose we should talk about
1: how quote-unquote high-tech her house is supposed to be, because that's like- Oh, it's smart. It's tied into the fucking plot like you wouldn't believe. Welcome to the house of tomorrow, where everything's controlled by Siri. Everything's controlled by these weird, wacky remotes you're holding your hand, you're speaking to. Door
0: open. And you say things like, door open, door close, music on, music off,
1: clap on, clap off.
0: Vacuum means vacuum the fireplace automatically. Yeah, but it's
1: just, it's just, it's not really that advanced. It's just, everyone no. has these fucking, these, these, like, yak backs they just speak into, where they just, like, <laughs> they just say something, and then it happens, like.
0: This is one of those eerie things, because it's like, that's how it is now. Yeah,
1: you just talk at everything. You talk to your fucking game consoles. You
0: just, you talk to, you talk to your fucking electronics, and they do things for you. Your refrigerator, for Christ, your smart refrigerator, for fuck's sake. But
1: this house is, it's supposed to be a
0: big, giant mansion.
1: Uh, you only ever see one or two rooms. Uh, And it's this ugly shade of gray and white. It just looks like a fucking... It looks like a room that hasn't ever been touched by a decorator or anyone who has a sense of style. No. Like, if this is how Natalie lives, like, she li- she is a s- deeply sad person. Except for, uh, the the, the the
2: super high-tech gaming room that Natalie has for some fucking reason. Oh, you mean the special guest room, Connor? You mean the blank check room? <laughs> yeah! <laughs> <laughs> fucking
0: A. Mr. McIntosh foot the fucking bill for this one, I'll tell you what. Yeah, like, so Kevin's at this
1: house, and, like, he's just hanging out, and I can't remember exactly how he gets introduced to this room, but, um...
0: Yeah, they're like they're like, hey, here's your special guest room, specifically designed for ten year old boys. Here you go. Well, because she's trying to buy this kid something serious, but like, see, that never fully comes through. Like, we touch on, we're gonna touch on that in a second. Like. The whole divorce thing that we seemingly forget about until, like, the middle of the second act. You know, she's trying she's trying to win him over or
2: whatever, and she's, like, happy to have him at the house and, like, giving him all this shit like it's no big deal. Kevin is making this disgusting breakfast after it's brought to him by the maid, Molly.
0: Let me tell you about these fucking shots, okay? You know what you shouldn't do for a Home Alone movie? handheld because we're fucking <laughs> we're holding this camera and we're fucking rushing up to this little kid in his face when he's screaming and stuffing his fucking mouth full of french toast or whatever the fuck that is crepes or whatever she made him and like we're doing this like a bunch of times throughout the movie with these shitty transitions with like zigzags and shit um it's so fucking amateurish and like totally doesn't fit what we're trying to do here whatsoever uh, tonally, it's fucking jarring, man. And the edits, my goodness.
2: <laughs> They're appalling. It's fucking abhorrent. Like, ah, shit, we're running out of time. Just take this handy cam and get something. Because there's, like, shots that... Clearly have like a
0: crane and a dolly or what have you, but I feel like those particular shots—they just shot everything they could within those rooms and that day, like and like throughout the whole movie, like different parts of the script in the same fucking room with that equipment because they only had it for a day. Because <laughs> everything else, I believe it looks like fucking shoddy. As f- this is a perfect example of shooting things on different days, and then your edit gets totally fucked up because somebody didn't put it together right or schedule it right or what have you um and it's like blatantly apparent in this
1: i mean among a laundry list of other just like production sins basically is what i'll call them
0: more or less i mean the only thing that's consistent is the lighting and it's fine which is it's it's fine because it's just like hey, this movie is one color for 90 minutes
2: it's just round you know and i i would also like to point out this is one of many montages the first of many that we're going to be seeing uh, because we go from this first montage to him just in front of the Christmas tree, and, and Natalie's talking about, oh, yeah, Santa didn't come yet, but I like to put a few gifts out. Go ahead and open one. And and Peter's standing like, not the biggest one. And then, of course, that's, you know, what Kevin opens, and it's this, I can only imagine this is not a piece of shit, but to me it looked like a piece of shit, this, like, styrofoam fucking airplane, remote control airplane. It's pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> they give him a gift, and then... Up, uh, Peter and uh, Natalie. They gotta go to work, so hang out with Prescott. So he he fucking goes up to this butler and annoys the shit out of him for hours. He's like, "Can you make me a milkshake?" Hey, Prescott, you know how to can, how, you know how to make a milkshake? And he's like, "Jesus fucking Christ, I don't get paid enough for this."
0: Do you know how to stop breathing? Do it. What if I drown? What if I drown
2: him? Would anyone notice? <laughs> Well, Prescott has this fucking, like, Batman-ass security camera set up in his fucking, his little hotel room, a.k.a. his room in the house. Yeah, basically. You know, Prescott actually probably would make a bitch in Nelford. He's more like a fox, man. Like, that's that's what's going on here. He's like man-in-the-chair kind of shit going on. Well, Kevin just sneaks into this guy's room, and there's, like, a big don't-enter sign on the door, and he's, like, checking out the monitors, and then this guy just, like, creeps up on her, and he's like, ah, uh, excuse me, um, get the fuck out of my room. He's like, John Turturro Mr. T. <laughs> i am very very
0: sneaky and then we get a fucking james brown james brown montage Oh, <sighs> oh i feel good <laughs> my heart hurt when i watched this there was a knot in my stomach uh i was just like this is so not only is it like terribly uncomfortable but it's just like hey remember that
2: remember that in the first movie but with the christmas song yeah why was it not a christmas song why is it just know. this random ass james brown song thrown in there it's popular i guess and it's like oh
0: well it makes sense because he's in this giant house that he has the run of i figured it
1: out this movie was was written produced and directed by the the executive character that we all like to make fun of all the time okay that's why this is the way it is james
0: brown everybody loves fucking james brown
1: everyone loves that. let me hold on let me puff my let me puff my yeah. cigar real quick <laughs> Everyone loves James Brown. He's been popular for the past, I, I don't know, what, decade, sir? It's 2018. What? He's a fucking kid, and he's going crazy in the house. It'll be hilarious. You'll love it. He's going to be in the fucking bathroom. And then he'll put on the Bobby Full of Four and the Beach Boys. Those are not real acts anymore,
2: sir. What are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> well, we we go from Kevin showering and dancing to him spinning in a chair, dancing. Uh, then he's, uh, you know, he's dancing some more uh he's flying the plane and then he fucking flies it into Prescott's head who who doesn't even he's like Prescott's like ow then he's like sitting
0: in his in the in his like high-tech room with like 10 different shows on one of them being young frankenstein uh when they're doing the um the putting on the ritz bit yeah and every
2: and there's like cartoons and shit and then it like pans out and it's just him in the chair spinning himself around this, this was their version of uh between this and the previous montage of the the scene in the first movie when he's running around the house going crazy like was that what they were going for with this i guess but it's nothing like what a kid would do because he's like again it's these weird angles
0: like most of that stuff is static and you have kevin running up the stairs and like running at the right camera and running away or like jumping on the bed eating the popcorn or whatever and like this kid, again, it looks like he's having a fucking, you know, having a fucking seizure, man. He's, like, just, he's just, like, freaking out all over the place. Uh, And it's very, it's very ingenuine and, like, forced. Like, this kid's lip is quivering because he's been smiling forever. You know what I mean? Like that kind of shit.
2: The nerves in my face are really starting to hurt. Uh Mr. Mr. Rod, uh, can I stop smiling now?
0: You want me to put you in werewolf makeup, kid? Get the fuck
2: out there. <laughs> we only got you for six hours a day. What do you know about keeping it still?
0: Yeah, have you ever talked to Michael J. Fox? Oh my god. What the fuck? <laughs> Holy
2: shit. We're already there. <laughs> you get another scene with fucking Marvin and Vera. And, uh, you know, Marv's going on and on about, I'm the boss, I'm the boss now, not Harry, not Harry Lyme, me. And, and Vera's like, okay, yeah, you're the boss, whatever.
0: The whole movie says that. It's like, okay, what's the joke here? It's not funny. Like, you, you keep
2: reminding me of Joe Pesci, and, like, that's funny. And he's doing, he's, you know, I hate to keep reiterating it, but he's just doing this horrible Daniel Stern impression where, you know, Marv, he kinda talks like this, I guess, uh... Uh, you know what? At nine o'clock, we're going to go in there and we're going to rob the place and we're going to make the kid not be able to eat his macaroni and cheese, huh? <laughs> it's
0: like Marv turned up to 11.
2: It's like Marv has a carny for fuck's sakes.
0: Yeah, like a barker. Yeah. But he's still doing like French Stewart-isms. With his hands and shit. And his and this
2: squinty eye thing. Well, I feel like, you know, again, no offense to French Stewart. I mean, maybe may offense to French Stewart. I don't think he can help it. I think that's just how he is. That's his acting.
0: When you have a comedian, like, do an impression of a better comedian, um... Yeah. It's not funny. It doesn't work. No, it doesn't work. And he's also doing this thing where, like, pulls his top lip over his front teeth. Ah. Uh. I don't think Marv ever did that. Joe Pesci didn't do it either, so that's a French stewardism.
1: Yeah. Uh, This is when Kevin sees them uh, getting into the house, doesn't
0: he? Oh, yeah, he's got a telescope somehow. Yeah, they're just nonchalantly walking up to the fucking house. It's fucking broad daylight, and they just walk up the the driveway. But they've been sitting in the fucking van, like, next to the driveway the whole time. (laughs) For, like, three days. On, like, a private
1: road. Like, (laughs) like, what? Uh, And then, like, this this really just shines, like, a, a light in how, like, oddly structured their plan is because it just seems like a, a lot of like let's go in and look at the place and then be chased off and then go back and look at the place and then be chased <laughs> off and then go back and look at the place and then be chased off and that just repeats itself for the whole film maybe there's a reason why
0: Harry was fucking in charge Yeah, but it works for the first film because it's in a neighborhood Yeah, and it's an electrician vehicle Yeah, and everybody in that neighborhood isn't home because they're rich and they're on vacation somewhere else and this is just a van on like the side
1: of
2: a house well it's on the side of the house like they have a fucking gate and then like literally to the right of the gate it's a private driveway and they're right next to the gate where you pull into the fucking mansion like what is what well they're marching up and and fucking kevin just goes oh my god it's marv and i'm sitting there thinking like i guess they said fucking marv and harry in front of him but like it never really was like a, a formal thing it was jarring to hear that come out of his mouth
1: still because he's like he was like oh no
0: Marv I was like I don't think any of you have ever referred to her by name no and you want to know why that's this is fuck this doesn't work because it's not Daniel Stern if it was Kevin fine let's just say it was somebody else besides Macaulay Culkin but if he sees Marv that is one of those things that's like a visual cue that's visual storytelling like you don't need to say it you know what I mean yeah you know and even and again we're doing like endless comparisons but like in Home Alone 2
1: When he sees him on the street,
0: he just goes... Yeah.
1: And Harry lifts his hand to show him the burn mark. It's like, you don't have to have any, like, nothing has to be said there. You know exactly what's happening. Or even,
0: like, when he just sees them, and and it's just like, oh, shit, it's those guys.
2: Yeah. Um. So, so yeah, Marv and Vera are walking up, and, and Marv keeps going on about how, you know, like I said, he's the boss, and, you know, oh, what's my number one rule? Always be prepared. And, you know, he keeps going to his wife, and, and she keeps fucking it up, and he, he keeps rolling his eyes, and they uh, they have a key fob, so they get in easily. <laughs> I don't know how because it just recognize, and it's not like voice
0: um, specific. It's just whoever has it can do it.
1: Yeah, literally
2: any clown can grab one of these things and go door open and it just does. Like what if someone was like trying to assassinate this woman and they got their hands on that. It's, it's like the, you could have the worst fucking assassin in the world and they still get in. What if somebody just wanted to rob the house? <laughs> Why
0: don't they just rob this house?
2: why don't they just shoot kevin and call it a fucking day
0: <laughs> well that too because they go upstairs because they're looking for the room that the prince would stay in oh yeah and just happened it just happens to be this special guest room <laughs> uh, cuz it's the kids room that's basically what it is
2: yeah and you have this gag cuz there's the you know they can open the doors with the, with the i'm going to call it a key fob cuz i you know it kind of looks like a key fob i don't know fuck it yeah. So they have the key fob, and they're like, "Open door," and then Kevin's like literally behind the door, so he's like, "Closed door," and it fucking whacks Marv in the face. I, I, I can't call this guy Marv. I'm sorry. It whacks French Stewart in the face. Oh, it's French Stewart, all right. Yeah. And uh, so Kevin runs off into this fucking giant bathroom, I guess.
1: Yeah, like like Kevin like lures him into this fucking this bathroom, which which we saw in the montage is like a. This, like, insane shower that looks
2: like it's more of a car wash than a shower. There's a huge-ass bathtub, like Connor was just saying, and then there's, you know, this, this this shower off to the side. So for some reason, Kevin fills this bathtub all the way to the top in the matter of about 30 seconds and uh, hides in the shower where you kind of can't see him?
0: I thought this was going to be, get out of here, you little pervert, or I'm going to smack you silly, but it wasn't.
2: Oh, 100%.
0: I, but I was waiting for it. I was like, all right, they're going to pull that fucking gag, huh? Uh, it's worse than that.
1: No, yeah, because Kevin somehow managed to pressurize the water in this house in a matter of seconds <sighs> uh, and and turns the shower into a fucking fire hose strength weapon. Welcome to the shower of tomorrow where we got
2: fire hose <laughs> pressure. <laughs> well, not before he sticks his fucking head around the corner and fucking sticks his tongue out and gives them raspberries before doing it. Like, what are you doing, kid? Yeah. With some bad ADR. Like, they're not
0: even good. Like, hey, over here, horse's ass or anything. anything funny like that. It's just raspberries. Yeah, and, like, he, he attacks him with a shower, which then, within
1: less than a minute, floods the house. Oh, my God. And we've got fucking pratfalls left and right and fucking French stewards slipping on his own coattails and they're falling over each other. and
0: Do you know how much this fucking effect costs probably, though? Like, to fill this room up with water, and it's so fucking convoluted, like... <sighs> this scene is
1: probably why the rest of the film has little to no, like, home defense hijinks. But you don't
2: need it. Like, keep it simple, stupid. What the fuck are we doing here? Like... I thought I was watching fucking Jumanji for a second. <laughs> <laughs> I was waiting for a goddamn crocodile to float by.
0: David Allen Greer kicks down the fucking door, and the fucking water comes rushing out.
2: Yeah... Like,
1: and so, this this whole fucking house floods, and Kevin runs downstairs, and he's against, like, the door, and then they get washed downstairs, uh, Marv and, uh, fucking Vera get washed downstairs. Where's his Polaroid camera? Yeah. Yeah, and then we have part two of this weird, like, you know, character recognition where Marv gets up, and he cleans the water from his eyes, he's like, oh, you! And he's like, Kevin,
2: and he's like, Vera, Kevin, Kevin, Vera. Which makes way less sense than the previous one, because I could almost maybe buy it, because I want to say there's, like, one or two scenes in the first or second one, they're like... What do you want to do with him, Marv? I want to bite off his fingers. Like, maybe, maybe, but they never knew his name was Kevin, ever.
0: No, why wouldn't they just call him McAllister? They know he's McAllister. Yeah. yeah. Hiya, pal. And then, like, after this this first encounter between, like, these two sworn enemies, Marv just gets up and leaves.
2: Yeah. I'll get you later. Wouldn't he
0: strangle him to death? Wouldn't he drown him in the fucking, in the, in the four feet of water on the floor? Yeah, like, attack this
2: child, you fucking, you... You idiot. And what is he running from? There's nobody around. Marv got a fucking bag of flour dropped on his head. He got electrocuted. He got bricks thrown at him. An iron hit him in the face. His fucking nail went through his foot. Ornaments on his feet. Paint cans. A bar. <laughs>
0: <laughs> eaten by pigeons. He got washed and now he's like, I've been foiled for today. Time to leave. No, he. he they were going to. Sh- the last time they ran into Kevin, they were going to shoot him in Central Park. Yeah. <laughs> in the face. Shoot him already, Mar- Harry. Shoot him already. Yeah. And he's like, I'm trying, but the fucking goop is on my hands. That is shockingly dark. I like I, every time I
1: think about that when that movie gets brought up, I'm like, they were gonna murder him at the end of that movie.
0: <laughs> but that's why it works though, because it's like, yeah, this is funny, but like those guys totally want to hurt this kid. Yeah, because it's fucking, it's legitimately terrifying
1: too. Cause you're like, I don't see like, because you're like, there's no way he has no escape from this. Like, there's he's, he's surrounded, he's outside, he has nothing at his disposal. Pigeons. Yeah, a Christmas, a legitimate, like, like a Christmas miracle is basically what saves him because like he, the kindness he gives, he shows to others is what comes in and saves him at the end. Well, yeah, that's
0: the moral of the story, because it's John Hughes. Two turtle yeah. but here <laughs> <laughs> But here, French Stewart, like, there is no, like, there is no, like, you little motherfucker. It's just like, well, till next time, Scooby-Doo, I'm out of here. I would have I would have scoped this place if it weren't for you, meddling child. Uh, yeah, next time I see you, Bart,
1: you'll be pushing up daisies. Yeah, like, no, Mark just runs out, like, the back door, I guess, or something. Like, and then Kevin's just standing there, and he's like, he's like, house, clean yourself up. He's like, well, it's worth a shot, and it didn't work.
0: I thought for sure that that fucking house was going to be deflooded.
1: Natalie comes
2: home, she starts fucking hyperventilating, and she's like,
1: <laughs> Well,
2: this is the point where if I was this woman, I would have just you know either strangled the kid or just fucking left and be like you know what you you destroyed my house Uh, I'm gonna go take a ride but they don't even entertain the idea that he's like telling them the truth no like why would he lie about it well she's like Prescott where were you doing this and he's like "Uh, I was taking a shit (laughs) basically yeah because at some point during this
1: whole exchange Kevin tries to contact him on like the house intercom and like the alarm's not going off and that's because oh that's right because Marv also had a, a tool to disable by the way having your alarm also be in the same system that like your house's like utility is on is pretty stupid um no that's not what happens
0: we're gonna find out what happened later in that little oh, scene never mind that's right it's even worse than that it's even dumber than marv having the fucking key fob yes yeah, so like
1: natalie comes in and she's fucking freaking out and prescott hands her a paper bag to breathe in because like she if anything of the last theme the, the theme of the last two months for movies is uh for us is rich affluent fuck bags uh who who get really, really distraught over their stuff
2: getting ruined.
0: Ten minutes later, she's like, I have insurance, of course, no problem, even though I
2: have more money than fucking God. Yeah, even though in the background your house is literally caving in on itself. Well, that's a lot of fucking water damage, dude. (laughs) (laughs) Natalie forgives Kevin because she's just trying to smooth it over and try to, you know, get to know him a little, Um, and everything's all honky-dory. Well... Kevin, he he doesn't believe that Prescott was just taking a shit or whatever the fuck he was doing. He he wants to investigate. So he breaks into Prescott's room again, and he is totally shocked when Prescott walks in and sees him sitting there again yeah. within the first minute. So I was like, oh, finally, we got some actual Kevin McAllister stuff. And then it's
0: like, but it's so sloppy. Like, what are you doing, kid? You left the fucking door open.
2: Yeah. And he finds, like, a, a security tape from the day before very easily, mind you. Yeah.
1: It's on a VHS, and he just, like, puts it in. It just says security tape in, like, crayon.
0: <laughs>
2: Prescott's like, that's all I had on hand at the moment. I I don't know what to tell you. He's like, look, I've been
1: half-assing it for the past 20 years, okay?
0: Yeah, so it turns out that, like, the, the, the only shots are, like, Kevin standing in four feet of fucking water at the bottom of the stairs, and, like, everything before that wasn't caught on tape. Um, so he's like, ah,
2: Prescott's in on it. He's, he's working with the wet bandit. <laughs> like literally. God damn it. Singular. Well, you go back to Marv and, and Marv is just kind of like, ah, lousy kid. Ah, he's a lousy kid, man. That lousy kid. It's like, all right, we get him, Marv. It's,
0: it sounds, it sounds like French is like ad-libbing because he's like,
2: ah, that Kevin
0: McAllister gave me scars last time I saw him. Remember that? When I,
1: when he did stuff to me. Here's a, you know what? If this movie had entertained the idea that like Marv was traumatized by all the shit that Kevin did to him, it might have like a bit of a comedic edge where he looks like Gras Vera, He's like, "Do you know what he did to me? Do you have any idea what he did to my body?" Like,
2: <laughs> well, you know, Daniel Stern did that uh, that that fucking video that was kind of playing up that idea a few years back. I don't know if you ever saw it. Yeah, I remember that. I've never seen that. He's basically in front of a camera and he's going, "Oh, Harry, the kids after me." <laughs> <laughs> The
1: house. I've seen the unofficial uh, Kevin McAllister return where it's like it's Macaulay Cogan doing he's like an Uber driver and he's just detailing the events of the first movie to a complete stranger. But from the perspective of an adult, he's
2: like, he's like,
1: I was eight goddamn years old and they just fucking left me there. Don't quote me
2: on this, but I want to say that the, the thing Daniel Stern did was like a direct response to that video. Oh my God. <laughs>
0: did you guys see the Google thing that he just did? Yes. Oh, uh, that was great, man. And it's all like, he's
2: not, he's not like a marketing tour of some kind. He did the uh, angry video game nerd. He did an episode and, and, um, Mike and James Monday, they played the fucking page master. Yeah. My buddy, um, My buddy, uh,
0: Justin and, uh, Tony, uh, did that, produced that.
2: Fucking awesome.
0: Yeah pretty cool but
1: yeah no we don't get any of that good shit in this movie marv just runs back to his fucking van with his tail tucked between his legs uh oh yeah molly is the other uh help in the house and uh, she kind of shows up and gets kevin out of trouble or something yeah or something for like for reasons you're just like why do you like this child right now it, I mean, well
2: you know it cuts back from marv after him and his wife are basically arguing to you know the scene previously with now the butler like you know hey what did i say last time like you can't be coming in here and and that's when Molly, like, knocks on the door, and she's like, oh, uh, Kevin, why are you in here? And, you know, she leads him off, and you get this shot of Prescott, like, looking all pissed off. And then, uh, I don't know if it's this scene or something in this time frame, but uh, there's a clock wipe at one point, and then they're trimming the tree.
1: This tree being, like, this kind of, like, big, colorful thing in the middle of this white, white, white <sighs> fucking, like, sterilized room is really strange looking because... It's just a shot of this one staircase we see the entire film it's the you know the main hall of this quote unquote mansion and you just see people walking up and down these stairs for most of this film and then Kevin and his dad, like, run down the stairs to this Christmas tree. It's like, that is the most colorful thing in this whole fucking
2: room. There's nothing on the walls. No. Well, and this is where we get that Jingle Bells song.
0: Yeah, and
2: how have these people ever decorated a tree before? Um. Natalie clearly hasn't.
0: Uh, because, first of all, they're not even, like, going around the tree. They're just, like, throwing garland on the front of the tree? Every Everything is going on one side of the tree. <laughs> one corner of the tree is getting decorated. Um, and it's just really fucking bad but like this is that scene where like you know Natalie's having a good time like we don't know it yet that she's a fucking bitch like that's why it doesn't make sense you know what I mean? No and that's why
1: from scene to scene she's a different character like one scene she's like oh Kevin you're you know it's she's kind of being like kind of manipulative and shitty to him and being extremely materialistic and then sometimes she's like okay I like this
0: kid yeah but it's like it's it's literally split down the middle because for the first half of this film she's nice and then for the second half she's not and I'm like that doesn't make any sense. It's like comple- completely opposite. Her personality shifts on a dime and stays that way. Yeah.
2: That's because John Hughesby Cannon just kept rewriting it as the movie continues. Like, <laughs> ah, I don't really like the direction of this character. Let's switch it. And then, you know, they'd go about 20 minutes, like ah, I got to go back the other direction. This is too much. And, you know,
1: it's like a, it's like a Jerry Springer-esque like twist where it's like suddenly someone picks up a chair and hits a priest. <laughs>
2: You are not the father. She gets a phone call while they're decorating the tree, and and you get this information about how, oh, yeah, she parties all the time, and, you know, Mr. McAllister's like, yeah, you know, it's a little beyond me. Uh, I like to take it slow. And, you know, then they continue to, to trim the tree. And you get this, like, sad-ass, like, cut thing where it's, like, cutting back to, like, Kate McAllister and fucking Buzz and Megan, like, decorating their tree. And they're like, ah, man, Kevin always puts the tr- the star on top of the tree. And then I give him a wedgie. And then they fucking all laugh about it.
0: And then his mom's like, yeah, and then it's funny because he gets so upset. And I'm like, you facilitate this shit. What the fuck's wrong
2: with you? Catherine O'Hara is fucking off set, just like ready to beat the shit out of this woman. Yeah, like not the actress, but the woman that is oh, yeah. taking over this role. Yeah.
0: So then we cut back to fucking right, right after, like literally right after that, we're cutting back to Natalie's house, and Kevin's like, "Hey, Dad, how come? How come you, you split up with Mom? You know, well, what happened? Did you leave Mom for, for for all this?" And he's like, "I didn't leave your Mom for Natalie." But I found a fucking golden goose, kiddo, so I wasn't going to pass that shit up.
2: I was already rich. Now I'm mega rich. I added a zero to my bank account. (laughs) So then
0: he lifts (laughs) a couple zeros. So uh, he lifts Kevin up. He's like, like, come on, we're going to put the star on. He lifts Kevin up and he hangs the star in the middle of the tree. Do you know how bad... That that irked the shit out of me that they just like hung it <laughs> in the middle of the fucking tree. I'm like, that's not where that goes. What, no.
2: It's because Daniel Baldwin handed them the script and they read fucking two pages ahead. I'm like, ah, it's not going to really matter anyway. <laughs> Fuck it. The tree's fucking 20 feet tall, so we'll just hang it in the middle.
1: Yeah, that and uh, the next morning, Peter and and Kevin wake up and realize that, like, Natalie has her own tree decorating people who come and just decorate the tree. And these shit stains came in and were like, the tree's already decorated clearly by someone who wasn't us. Let's just redecorate it.
0: Yeah um see that was fucked up too because this is where this is where we kind of this is where natalie starts to show her true colors because she comes down she's like oh you know it's not a big deal like you guys did it and like i forgot to tell the people to decorate it every year to not
2: do it she shows her true colors in the matter of days and fucking peter's been dating her for like eight months and then all of a sudden it's like oh wait you're kind of an asshole we're about to get married! Yeah, a child is introduced and suddenly she's like, you know what, fuck
1: all this. Doesn't she say something along those lines?
2: Uh, yeah, I guess so, yeah. She's like, I love
1: kids, but not your kids, bye. Not, not to that extreme, but I think later in the movie, someone, I think Peter is like, She's like, you know how much I care about kids. He's like, yeah, you don't care. You just don't care about my kid. I was like, that's a legitimate zinger. Um, I believe uh, Kate uh, also brings like the two siblings to see Kevin, and this is where N- uh, Kate and Natalie meet, I guess, for the
2: first time. Oh yeah, right after Kevin opens up his fucking spy gear bullshit. Hey, old mom, check out all the new mom stuff I got. Look at this thing. That's kind of a callback to one of the other movies, but not really. He looks like he's wearing like a bunch of fucking Nintendo accessories. <laughs> It looks
0: like he's got a fucking virtual boy on. The talk boy was so simple, too, and, like, that was such an effective thing. Like, we're adding to the fucking equipment. There's, like, a headpiece and a fucking gun
2: thing and a fucking satellite dish. It's, like, a headset that he wears, and then there's some other, like, little contraptions that come with it that who the fuck knows what they do. But it, like, can hear things from further away, so he hears his mom walk in with fucking Buzz and Megan and he, and he hears her say, like, I right, don't touch anything, kids. And he's like, Mom! And he runs up to her. Yeah. There's nothing to touch, by the way. Well, apparently Natalie keeps, like, you know, having mini heart attacks while these kids are here with playing with Kevin's airplane. She's like, oh, I have I have fine china. No,
0: she says something about the hedge. She's like, mind the hedge sculpture or whatever. And then they fucking run the
2: plane right into the goddamn French doors. <laughs> Mrs. McAllister, on the other hand, brings some gifts for Kevin, uh, some clothes, change of clothes. um And his, uh... This is a plot point we must have missed in Humble and One and Two, but his teddy bear? Yeah. The teddy bear the what is he what did they call it? Transitional object.
0: We have this whole exchange between the mom and dad and he's and it's just like, oh let's reminisce about our kid with my new wife. Uh Cause that's basically what we're doing here, and they're like, "Oh God, remember when? Remember when we used to love each other?" Ah, transitional object. Ah.
2: yeah, you know, like last year. Yeah, it's eight months ago. <laughs> well, Kevin's all concerned that his parents left because of him, and then like I guess is the whole point of the movie is like, ah, oh, the. the- They're they're falling back in love because of Kevin. He's bringing them back together.
0: By being the same Kevin he always is. Yeah, a little brat.
1: An asshole. (laughs) Yeah. After this, I believe it's where we're supposed to have this fucking, uh, quote-unquote, party for the, quote-unquote, royals. Uh, Royals of which we still don't know a source for. We don't know who they are, why Natalie's having a party with the royals, uh, how she knows them. Nope. Uh, Or what the point of it is. She just keeps saying, I have to go see the royals. It's almost, she's like, like, I have to go return some
0: videotapes. Like... (laughs) BRB gonna go fucking dissolve somebody's body in a bathtub in hell's kitchen yeah she mentions briefly what she does and like how peter is like her publicist or some shit but i who could fucking care or remember what it is
1: yeah what do you do natalie are you a trust fund baby like oh
0: yeah for sure so at this party
1: like fucking marv and vera just like show up again they're just as caterers now except marv is
0: still wearing his stupid beanie yeah sure are um who's letting these people into the fucking house like you look like shit. Yeah. Okay. Like you, you can't serve at this party.
2: You're not well kept. You look like fucking bums with tuxedos on. And, and Prescott lets them in and Kevin sees this. So it just kind of fans his whole theory that Prescott's like their inside man. Right. And he he's like flipping out about it. And then like this kitchen is full of like 20 people setting up this catering food. And then, uh, Kev- Kevin basically gets pulled aside by Prescott, and then is telling him like Yeah, Kevin, you need to shut the fuck up, like chill out." And then he kicks Prescott in the leg, runs in this kitchen, and then magically there is not a soul in this fucking kitchen. No.
1: Oh no, I've got I've got problems with this enti- this entire next exchange because of like locational logistics and who should hear what and how this should have gone down. Because this is re- yeah, this was preposterous. It the way this is put
0: together is the highest level of fucking trash because, like, he's... Okay, so he yells to... he Or he runs from... He kicks Prescott in the fucking leg and then runs into the kitchen. And then Prescott goes after him and he's like, ah, stupid boy was in the freezer. And he, of course, the gag is he goes in the freezer and Kevin's behind the door and locks him in there, right? And he's like, one
2: down, somebody saw Jurassic Park.
0: <laughs> Clever girl. Also, P.S., There is always a handle on the door for the walk-in freezers to let yourself out. Yes. That's an urban legend. <laughs> yeah, that's an urban legend that you can that you're just gonna get locked in there unless he like puts the fucking pin in there or like actually locks the f- motherfucker.
1: Yeah, like, and if you—if anyone's ever worked in food service, you know this.
2: Well, Prescott—he doesn't usually go in there, man. That's everybody else's job. So he was really confused about the whole thing.
0: Someone's like, "There's a handle inside." There is. Oh shit! I could have saved my fingers. <laughs> Kevin goes upstairs because Harry. Man, Jesus fuck! I know it's confusing, isn't it? <laughs> French Stewart goes upstairs with Sonya Blade and. and And um, Kevin follows him up there, and they're like, he's like, open door. And he fucking, the door opens, and he goes in there, and he's like, basically telling Sonya Blade, like, how. The plan's going to go down when they capture the prince or whatever. And Kevin's like outside the door listening with the fucking spy thing.
2: It's like the scene from every other Home Alone movie. It's like when Harry and Marv are talking in the back of the house. It's like they're in the fucking back when they're talking about Robin Duncan's toy chest. Except it's like, it's not good. We'll get a bite to eat and come back about nine o'clock. Nine o'clock. And then the fucking whole plot
0: goes down, right? No, this is fucking French Stewart going into minute evil, hand-rubbing fucking detail, how he's going to kidnap this child. Complete with full physical demonstrations. Yeah, he's like, first we're gonna take this rope, and it's got a fucking grappling hook on it, and I'm gonna say open door, and then put the fucking hook outside the door, and then say close door, and then the door closes. And then I'm gonna fucking put him in the sack, and then tie him to this rope, and then throw him out the window. Now get in the sack, Vera. She's like, I don't wanna get in the sack. This lasts like fucking at least 15 seconds of just... There's
1: four C like this, where they're just like, You're stupid, you're stupid, get in the bag, you get in the bag. I don't want to get in the bag, you're gonna get in the bag.
2: By the way, this is not Harry's plan, we just need to reiterate that a few more times. <laughs> Harry's plan wouldn't have went like this, and he's like, I'm the boss now. No, because Harry would have shot fucking Kevin by now, not to keep reiterating that. Harry wouldn't have went into the house and got fucking bamboozled. You know, to be fair, Harry is in the house, unfortunately, he can't you know, break himself away from Marv. He's stuck on his
0: (laughs) stomach. He's he's immobile. The face is on his chest. Yeah. Just yelling at him the whole time. He's like, you idiot. He keeps him sedated with like morphine
2: because he's like still like a different person, like attached to him. He like feeds it to him like fucking blossom fed at the prune. (laughs) He's like airplaning it into Harry's mouth. He's like, you mother (laughs)
1: otherwise Harry becomes the dominant personality if it doesn't keep him sedated
0: exactly it's like fucking uh ventriloquist Don Rickles and his fucking ventriloquist dummy hand half brother from Towson the Crypt yeah he's demonstrating this plan it has Vera climb into the bag and like it's all supposed to
1: like tie on the idea like the door being closed will hold this grappling hook still so the bag will lower down low enough out this window to drop it into a van or something um So, Kevin's outside, and he opens the door while this grappling hook is still attached after it's been, you know, pulled tight. And this actually led to one of the only scenes in the movie that made me have some kind of physical reaction, because this was awful. (laughs) (laughs) This grappling hook flies straight into French Stewart's butthole. (laughs)
0: Like, Scorpion's harpoon thunk. Before he gets it in his ass, though, like... He stuffs Vera into this bag, and it looks like he's, like, hoisting up ten pounds of fucking ground beef in this bag that he tosses <laughs> out the window. Yeah, it's, it's suddenly,
1: it suddenly changes size from, like, a full-size person to just, like, a bag full of just, like, laundry or something. It looks like a leg of lamb in that fucking bag. Yeah, it, it, there's, like, nothing in this bag. I'm supposed to believe it's a person. Um, so then this grappling hook hits him right in the fucking asshole, um, which then drops the bag, which then propels him against the glass window, Um, which then slowly pulls him through the window outside where he falls about 20 feet on top of Vera. Yeah,
0: sure does. And then Kevin looks out the window and blows yet another raspberry at them. That's just fucking totally adr, yard. And it sounds, it just is stupid. And then he like records them or something. French Stewart gets up and says, shut up, you little moron.
2: And then he tells like his wife to get out of the bag. And yeah, he records them. Like he's got the fucking recorder from the second movie. Yeah. And he's like, oh, I'm going to use this later.
0: And then French Stewart realizes there's a hook in his ass and just falls over. Onto the hook.
2: Onto the hook. And he's like, I need help. And she's like, I, I could use some help cut you need a trip to the emergency room that is not coming out with somebody's hand no also every bone in vera's body's broken oh yeah she's let's come on she's dead they're both dead she's smushed marv's been dead he's a fucking shell of a human (laughs) (laughs) he's like a fucking revenant uh yes he is you know that's probably what it was he he died and then his soul had unfinished business and it it went into fucking french stewart and that's how we got where we're at Somebody has his pinky finger and he fucking, they, they summon him like the fucking headless
0: horseman to go fucking try to kill Kevin. It was Buzz. <laughs> uh, then we find out the real
1: family is not showing up to Natalie's party, convenient. They got snowed in. Yeah, oh, we're snowed in. Sorry, can't make it. So they uh, they decide to turn the party into an engagement announcement, which is one of the most like self-absorbed things I've ever seen. Because I'm sure they weren't planning it, and Nat- I'm sure Natalie was
2: like, let's find a way to make this party about me. Well, she totally does. So, yeah, so they're downstairs basically making this announcement that they're getting engaged, and then uh, French Stewart and his wife fucking run in. Frenchie. Yeah, good old French Stewie runs in, <laughs> and uh, Kevin, I don't really totally understand this trap if you even want to call it that. What the fuck was this? It's not a trap. Okay. okay. Kevin hits hits f- Favre,
1: I'll call him, um, and then, like... And then, like, he's on a table when he hits him, so he's standing on one table, jumps across his door to the other table, where, like, two crock pots full of, like, I don't know, fucking custard and gravy? Fondue and chocolate. Yeah. Cheese like, and chocolate fuck. fondue. Like, fly into the air and conveniently both land on Vera and Marv's head, respectively.
0: One pot each. There's, like, ten shots of these pots flying through the air. And I'm just like, why?
2: Where are the third degree burns? I don't know. Where's any of the fucking peril? Yeah, there you go. There's no peril. I get that it's Home Alone, but this is like fucking even bad for Home Alone. Yeah,
0: but fucking Marv's got an iron mark on his face and fucking cut up feet. Right. And Harry's got his fucking head blow torched. Like, that's all very real shit. This guy just got a hook in his
2: ass. And he's up running around. Yeah. French Stewart is fucking on, you know, he, he got thrown like terminator 2. He got thrown into the fucking oven, except this time it's just like he's just chilling there like, "Oh man, he's really getting our goat." And then Vera's like, "Yeah, Marv, you're on fire." He's like, "Oh, thanks, babe." No, I mean, you're 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 literally on fire." And he's like, "Oh my god." And he like flips out and I don't know, he jumps across the room or some roadrunner shit. Yeah, and
1: like he he doesn't react to his ass sitting on a hot stove until Vera has to tell him twice that he's on fire. Um and then I presume they both run away because then Kevin runs into the party area where there's suddenly a hundred people in the next fucking room who didn't hear any of this nonsense going down. Yeah. People are screaming and like pots and pans are being thrown and there's someone on fire like no one smelled anything, no one heard exactly. anything, no one saw anything, no one reacted anything. But it all comes they only react because Kevin runs through and apparently is a fucking wrecking ball. Yeah. And just starts knocking over guests left and right like he's some fucking, like, like he's a goblin running through the fucking room that nobody can see and nobody can catch. <laughs> Again,
0: why is he doing that? Yeah, why is he being such a, an asshole? <laughs> like, he could, first of all, he could totally avoid that. And why wouldn't he run straight to his dad and be like, the fucking robbers are in the
2: kitchen? Because he had to knock over that ice statue, which conveniently happened to be fucking Mr. Prescott frozen solid. Oh my god
0: i forgot that what a stupid payoff for that gag
1: what i didn't even realize what was happening with that when that like, like the thing fell over and there's prescott i'm like where did he come from
2: he should have shattered into a million pieces yeah like t-1000 oh yeah
1: yeah they should have been like
0: that dude from mortal kombat who sub-zero kills <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah
0: exactly but like It's such a wasted joke because it's like we don't even spend any time with that. We see it like in passing once and like you can't even tell what's happening with it. Well, you know, you know what the punchline is, right? The dad yelling, Kevin. Oh, yeah. Well, that's stupid. Remember when the mom did
1: that in the first two? And like the way it's edited, like something happens in the kitchen with Marvin Vera to make a noise. And then it cuts back to Kevin's dad, who then screams Kevin. I'm like, didn't you hear the
0: explosion like (laughs) from two seconds ago? But again, like it's not just he ran into one person he's like mowing down these people oh yeah these guests and shit is flying everywhere like tables are being flipped over because apparently kevin is like burrowing underground and like causing like the earth to be disturbed (laughs) he's like a fucking graboid going underneath there so all that fiasco like goes down at the party and it's total mayhem and this is like one of those bad cuts it's total mayhem and then boom we fucking hard cut to the end of the fucking party and nobody's there yeah and we're cleaning up and it's like what happened where did marv go where did fucking vera go where did the guests go what what was the outcome of this how come we didn't find them covered in cheese and shit yeah where did the two mysteriously spilled pots of shit go and like didn't anyone
1: notice that the like like, the oven is is a little off because clearly someone got burned on it.
2: Yeah. When Peter yelled Kevin, did everyone just kind of, like, look at each other and shrug? I'm like, I guess that's the cue to leave. Where did those two very particular-looking caterers go? I'm sure someone may have noticed them. All
1: Kevin who would say, like, hey, where'd those two caterers go? And someone might have been like, yeah, it's a good point. They kind of showed up out of nowhere and then left out of nowhere.
0: Natalie's like, oh, you ruined my fucking engagement announcement. Now I'm pissed because... Now Christmas isn't special anymore because now, first it's the royal family getting snowed in, now I can't even announce my engagement. What a stupid Christmas.
2: Well, she literally goes into Kevin's room after he gets in trouble while he's trying to go to sleep and, like, is a total bitch to him. She's like, hey, you know, I tried to play nice, but, you know, don't fuck this up for me. And he just sits there. And he's like, uh... She goes full fucking LaWanda on his ass. She's like,
0: you'll be going to boarding school
2: in Baghdad! Kevin's all fucking upset, and he he calls his mom, who's, like, sitting there, like, putting a tissue to her fucking eye, because she's watching It's a Wonderful Life, which, you know, we talked about previously. Me and Joe still haven't seen it. Nope. You know, he's like, oh, oh, mom, what channel's it on? Channel 8? Oh, I'm gonna put it on. And there's this whole, like, back and forth about, oh, they both love It's a Wonderful Life, and the mom's upset that Kevin's not there. They watch it every year. It's tradition. Yeah. So then there's another weird scene of Kevin's dad now watching it, and he's going to Natalie. Ah, oh, yeah, it's it's a family tradition. We watch it every year. And then Natalie has, like, one of the weirdest, like, I'm bad speeches ever. She's like, I
1: saw it. I don't need to watch it again. And she goes... I don't understand people who watch movies more than once. I saw
0: it. I remember it. I don't need to watch it again. I cried. I did it. And that was it. Like, that makes you a robot. Yeah. And he's like, well, it's a tradition. And he's like, well, let's start some new tradition.
2: Like, fucking. Kevin's literally that guy you were talking about earlier, uh, Joe. Just has to listen to two people fuck. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs)
0: With his mom on the phone. Prescott too for that matter, the poor bastard. So yeah, so then fucking Kevin talks to his mom and she's like, hi, I wish I was with you. I want to die. Bye. And then um, she's like, I'm experiencing this thing that
1: I
2: usually go through with my son and my husband, both in whom which are not here. I mean, let's be real. She goes back in her room after watching this movie and she looks at the rope she had hung up in her fucking closet. and She says, eh, you know, Kevin called me. I'll wait another day. Uh, not tonight. But she's thinking
1: about it for sure. More people don't believe Kevin again. Um, and then he's like, I'll just deal with it myself. I'm like, that's what you've been doing this whole movie. You've been just dealing with it yourself because no one's listening to you.
0: Uh, and no one, and no one's paying attention to the chaos that's happening in different rooms. But it's unwarranted because he's like, I'm going to catch him in the house. And I'm like, what? Call the police. There's cameras surrounding the fucking house and inside. You have a whole console at your disposal. Why are we trying to capture them with a pot? Yeah, and speaking of pots and pans, like, that must have been this, like,
1: like I guess the director's idea of like oh yeah hijinks because every fucking
0: trap involves a pot yeah but that's like his answer to paint cans i guess yeah i guess because it makes a loud noise whatever also real quick there's like this mini montage of kevin like taking barb's voice and again doing some fucking more blank check shit what the fuck was this i don't know he's like making a fucking mr Macintosh, whatever and uh what is this what is the purpose of this? He's he's taking
1: the audio he recorded from Marv saying, like, get in the bag, Vera, and like you little moron.
2: It's so that they can take the gag from the first movie and I guess the <laughs> second movie and they just combined it together and I was like, Hey, remember when he had that, that fucking recorder? And remember when he did you watch the fucking angels and demons? Let's just combine that gag into one thing. Okay.
1: Credit card, you got it. Uh yeah, so he's setting up the house for I guess another intrusion, even though she just called the police. Um, and then like Peter and Natalie spend most of this
2: movie walking to the stairs going, we're leaving now. (laughs) Well, it's Christmas morning and Kevin, no, no fucking fanfare. Kevin goes up to the Christmas tree and was like, ah, look at all the presents, dad. I didn't realize it was Christmas morning until he said it. And I'm like, oh, and like
0: Peter and Natalie just walk up and do like, yeah, we're leaving. See ya. Picking up the royal family, bye.
1: We're going to get the royals, even though, like, one of us should really be going, instead of both of us, but...
0: How about we're rich, and they should just be chauffeured to the fucking house? Yeah, how about they call a fucking cab? How about they call a stretch fucking limousine to take them? I don't care what it is. Shoot the works.
1: Uh. So, yeah, they leave, Um. and, like, Kevin tricks Prescott, who he thinks is the accomplice, into going to the basement where he locks him in because Prescott's a moron and leaves the keys in the door... When he goes downstairs, even though he has no reason to trust his child and has given us, you know, every reason, he's given us lots of time to tell us he doesn't like Kevin. Um, so he locks Prescott in the basement, and he turns around. And there's Molly, who we've seen like twice this whole film, and uh, he's like, "I locked Prescott in the basement. He's the he's the accomplice." And then Molly's like, "No, I am. I'm also Marv's mother." And then I
0: fucking checked out. <laughs> And when she said she was Marv's mom, I paused the movie, I got up, and I poured myself some whiskey, and then I sat back down, and then I hit play on the fucking thing. Because I was like, you gotta be pulling my fucking dick here.
1: It's such a fucking left field, like, it's not really set up, and, they're like, of all the, th- of all the ways to, like, make these guys have some sort of, uh, you know, inside person or accomplice, the maid is Marv's mother?
0: There's literally no fucking motivation for what these people are doing.
1: For how long? Like, has she been there her whole life? She's been there for years? Like, is this a is this a long con? Like, what's the fucking... How does this work? She's basically the doctor that found Fester in Adam's family. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, basically. But that's more believable because she just, like, that woman just shows up and she's like, oh, yes, my dear son. But, like, this woman's been there for a while?
0: Yeah, this is your son, Fester. Yeah, but, like, there's no... Adam's family fortune to be had. No, there, yeah, there's no reason as to why Molly is the inside person of this
1: house, like, the, or, or like what she has against the royals, or like what she stands to gain from this.
0: Natalie doesn't have like a vault of shit at her home, so it's like. Why? you Again, like, is this the long con? Like, you're waiting for this royal prince kid to come to kidnap? What the fuck are you talking about? I've been working with this
1: woman for 15 years, hoping that my son would eventually meander his way over here so we can kidnap the prince of a royal <laughs> <Yeah>. family? <laughs> Couldn't wait for him to get out of jail, merge with his partner, and come help me. Oh, you didn't bring Harry? I did bring Harry. That's disgusting. Close your
0: jacket. Why did they break into this house in the first place? Why were they even there? Molly's already there. And could probably easily just like kidnap a, a child. Exactly. All of these hijinks that we've been that we've had to watch throughout the 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 whole first half of the movie are like completely null and void because it's like they didn't even fucking need to be there. Why? Why are we doing that?
1: Yeah. So Maui locks Kevin in the basement and. Prescott and Kevin have like a, a, a coming to Jesus moment of like, all right, you're not that bad, and I guess you were right the whole time. And
0: they crack open a bottle of Bordeaux and get fucking shit hammered. <laughs> oh my god, I <laughs> fucking love that.
2: Kevin goes down and the guy's already gone through three bottles. He's like, ah, oh, don't mention this to the misses. Oh come on, Prescott's
0: fucking sucking down some of that fucking sweet vintage. Prescott, you've been down here for four minutes. I know he's getting soaked for sure.
2: Prescott says to Kevin, oh, why did you, why did you think I was the the inside man? He's like, ah, yeah, you were always kind of weird to me. You're you're just weird. And he's like, huh oh, OK, well,
0: maybe I was. How come you didn't come help me when they were robbing the house or whatever? And he's like, let me let you in on a little secret. I hate my job. And when Miss Natalie bitch goes out for anything, I take a nap.
2: He fucks off whenever she's gone. And he comments on how uh, when I when I looked at the video footage, all I saw was like, you're the aftermath and I didn't think anything of it
0: because Miss Natalie's a bitch and works me to the fucking bone
1: but Prescott has a cell phone apparently and this is how they
0: oh my god what the fucking
1: stupid shit this movie treats cell phones as if they're like a a brand new advancements in technology like (gasps) a cell phone the answer to all my problems they pull up this fucking flip phone it was 2002
0: let's let's keep that in mind Kevin's like can I see that real quick he's like sure here you go we're stuck in a basement but fuck it here you go and he's like okay i'm gonna call my mom and he calls his mother's house and buzz picks up and says some nasty shit to him and then hangs up twice and then he finally gets through and his mother picks up the phone and he's like
2: mom i'm in a basement
0: but it's all crackly and she can't hear him and then the fucking phone dies why wouldn't you call the cops why are we calling mom uh why wouldn't you call the cops and um
1: i know cell phones were lesser quality back then but like you're going to tell me two phone calls went
0: through, no problem. Third one is choppy as fuck, and then the phone just dies. So that whole th- that whole exchange is the facilitator to get mom and dad back to the fucking house. That's it. Yeah, And that shouldn't, but that shouldn't even be a fucking thing because you know what should happen? The fucking cops should come later, and then mom and dad come, and then everything is wrapped up. That would make sense.
2: Yeah, it's done. So like, yeah, Kevin calls his mom who then calls natalie oh no 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 natalie and Pe- she just calls peter because natalie and peter are in the car getting the uh, prince now and his and his parents and peter's like you know doing again his best john Hurd fucking impression from when they're on the plane and he's talking about how he left the coffee maker on he's like huh i don't think i forgot anything that's weird kevin didn't you know kevin called and there was static huh i don't think there's a problem and molly's like oh she's with
0: he's with uh peter yeah okay
2: bye yeah because they could they call the house that's right
0: yeah she calls the house and then after molly tells her that she calls peter and peter's like what the fuck are you talking about kevin's not here he's home and and she's like uh well that's weird and he's like i wouldn't worry about it and i'm like um your wife is calling telling you that she just talked to your son at natalie's house or tried to or tried to and he's not there and he's not with you that's fucking fishy i mean
2: eventually he's like oh i got a bad feeling about this yeah well you know because molly molly when she gets the phone call from kate McAllister, she hangs up and she goes to fucking french stewie and and she says oh you know oh he called his mom son of a bitch and then you know Fucking French Stewart, he, he, like, puts his arms around his wife and his mother, and he's, like, trying to act cool, and they both, like, are, like, get the fuck off of me. And he's, like, ooh, and he just grabs the cookie jar. Yeah, he's, like, oh, you
0: want me to go beat him up? And he's, like, and she's, like, shut the fuck up, you idiot. Um, And then, like they remember the dumbwaiter which was which we talk which is referenced in the beginning of the movie and there's like a bunch of boxes and shit in front of it anyway they clear it out and he and uh, Prescott puts Kevin in and he's like alright see you later about to go crack a cold one
2: (laughs) Kevin looks over to the right and he sees fucking Hendrix and he's like holy shit there's a dead body in here (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> wow, I was not prepared for that
0: callback. Bringing it, it full shit. circle, baby. Yes that that's what that, that's what happened. And then fucking he sends up he sends up Kevin. And then fucking Prescott gets sucked dry by a couple mosquitoes. This movie would become infinitely more entertaining if giant mosquitoes show up in the third act. All of a sudden, you just know they're coming. You're e.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Kevin like ties a fucking headband on, starts shooting him with bow and arrow. <laughs> A BB gun.
2: Breaks out the BB gun. I have to defend this house. It's not my house, but I need to defend it. For whatever reason. Against mosquitoes.
1: Against burglars and giant bugs.
0: Dude. Oh man, French Stewart getting killed by a giant mosquito. Sign me up. Right in his eye. <laughs> right in his fucking both of his eyes. But he's still French Stewart the whole time. He's like, ah, oh, I ah, oh, there's a mosquito in my eye. Ah, oh, jeez. Oh. Uh, so he goes up the fucking uh the dumb waiter. And this is the where they're all in the kitchen and Molly leaves, and the two idiots are in the kitchen, crunch Stewart and, and Sonya Blade, and he, like... And Kevin jumps up on a chair, and he's like, Hey, stupids! And he fucking pulls a string that's attached to the pot, and this pot swings down and fucking clocks French Stewart in the face and then fucking swings back and knocks out Sonya Blade. Yeah, and these pots have been set up for, like, 24 hours, too. Like, he he hung them up, like, the day before. Yeah, again, it's not like... A trap per se it's just like it's not triggered by anything like you have to go initiate it like it's not yeah. triggered by a fucking door handle or or a trip wire or anything it's just there to do this for whatever stupid reason
2: right and and then and french stewie gets up and he's going after fucking uh kevin and i don't know how this happens but he he's like fucking around the dumb waiter and marv gets his hands stuck in it and he's getting basically beaten up. It's like the fucking horror movie down with the elevator. He gets his head stuck under
1: the under the dumbwaiter as it's going down which should
2: fucking
0: decapitate him. I was just going to bring that up. He should be fucking headless Stewart right now.
2: Headless Stewart instead of a fucking uh pump uh, Jack o Lantern does he have like a <laughs> inspector gadget head or some shit?
1: <laughs> Go, go gadgets, do it. And then so he gets out of that eventually after he, he gets his hand stuck in the again too and then he's just fine.
2: There's apparently an elevator in this house, which I must have just totally missed earlier in the film.
0: Yeah, me too. Yeah, I didn't know either. This woman almost beats this kid to death with a fucking frying pan and he gets away from her continue
2: right and then so so she's going up the elevator after him as he's running up the stairs to the second floor and he has this contraption set up that's basically holding the bottom of the elevator so it can't quite make it up to the next floor
1: yeah y- you're telling me this kid crawled down a fucking elevator shaft and chained the engine of the elevator to the bottom of it to act like an anchor basically and stop this
0: thing from moving fuck off what is the significance of that trap to, to catch them in the elevator so if they take it? Like, I don't even know why she took the elevator. I don't know
1: why she took the elevator because, first of all, it takes her longer to get in the elevator, press the button, and have the doors to close than it would just run around the corner and chase them up the goddamn stairs. Like, what? You get to, you get to fucking enjoy Girl from Ipanema for five seconds? Like, what are you doing? Um, and then she gets stuck, like, between floors, and she's just, like, sitting there barking commands at Vera and Marv, who then, like through some sort of hijinks get separated again through like between doors. Yeah. And this is when Kevin starts playing like his fucking his his audio edits of like Marv insulting Vera. And in like the most like like st- like sterile ways he's like you moron Vera, you're such a bag. I'm like,
2: "Why <laughs> are those Why are those insults? Those aren't insults. Well, Vera gets, like, seriously knocked out by that fucking pan hitting her in the face, and Marv's, like, going after Kevin, and he's like, Ah, you know, I should have just done that two years of college. I could be a dental technician right now. Forgot about that line. Yeah, he goes into the special guest room, and and Kevin has, like, these fucking, like, uh, Wizard of Oz-ass legs sticking out from under his bed, and Marv's uh, just like, ah, jackpot, and grabs them, and he pulls a cord, and a fucking bookshelf falls on him and then you have the aforementioned scene of of uh, Kevin playing the the voice clips that are modified and Vera of course believes every word of it yeah <sighs> And she ostensibly, like, leaves Marv in this scene? I guess. And then he gets a fucking plane flown into his dick? Yeah, which then causes him to fall
1: down the stairs, and then Vera comes in the corner, and then also falls down the stairs? Yeah. On top of Marv, and then Kevin slides down the fucking handrail. This is the second time, by the way. Yeah, runs, down, runs over to the revolving b- uh, bar that we saw earlier, um, and says in front of these two... Open sesame. <laughs> and then Marv picks it up and goes, Open bar cut. Open bar. Oh, magic open. It's like, dude. Open he, bookcase. Open bar bookcase. He just gave the verbal command to move the bar. Why are you not paying attention? I don't even understand how this gag is supposed to work because, like, they get, they get, they they go into this thing and, like, Varys is open sesame is so they're attached to this thing and it rotates. And then Kevin's like, uh, he's like, rotate faster. It's like, when did you do that? I wasn't
0: around when you programmed the bar to spin faster beats me. You know why this is here? Because we want to just make a
2: fucking Young Frankenstein joke. That's literally all it's here for. No, it's here so that the actor playing Kevin can say, Maximum Speed (laughs) Summy. sesame. <laughs> this thing starts spinning around like a fucking, uh, uh... It's like a carnival top. It's like
1: fucking carnival music's playing. Tornado Rex. They spin like a fucking centrifuge. Like, like their insides should have come out their assholes. Oh, yeah. And they get flung onto the fucking uh, chandelier? Which I thought would have like, was ripped out of the ceiling and like, they fall on them or something. No, they just fall off the chandelier to
0: the floor. Also, we get none of the, ooh! Like, in, you know, like in, uh, in harmoni- Harmony, the screams, the ooh! Yeah, no, we get nothing special from this. Nothing like that. Um, they fall off one at a time. And then Phantom of the Opera plays? Yeah, what the fuck? They got, they got like, they got like funeral music. And then Kevin's like standing
2: over them and he's like, Haha, gotcha. Molly comes up, she finally broke out of the elevator and she's got a, f- I thought she had a butcher's knife, but she just has a frying pan. She's gonna beat this kid's brains in, man. Well, pre- thank God Prescott fucking cr- crawled up the dumb waiter. Fucking southbound
0: shovel slays this woman in the head with a fucking uh, serving tray? Yeah. Knocks her right the fuck out. Every
1: gag in this movie involved a Potter pan.
0: Because there's nothing else in the fucking house, Connor,
1: like you said. Well, it's also, I guess it's just, it's like, it is actually like wrestling logic. It's loud, and it makes like, a, it, the noise, I guess, is what elicits the reaction, like, not the hit. Yeah, but it's all Foley anyway, like, <laughs> who fucking cares? Finally, Prescott's like, we'll call the police.
2: Well, yeah, because, you know, Peter, he, he leaves Natalie at the airport to get the prince, and, you know, the line that you guys had mentioned earlier about how, like, oh, you know, you don't care about kids, and you definitely don't care about mine. Yeah. And, you know, Mrs. McAllister and Buzz and Megan are rushing over there, and they...
0: Buzz? suddenly gives a shit about kevin yeah i mean he does in the other movies too
2: yeah but buzz always has that face turn at the end of the films where it's like i'm actually kind of a good big brother even though i pick on him a lot
0: yeah but the way this goes
1: down is perplexing because like yeah the mom and the siblings show up and like kevin basically insinuates that um who was it molly went out the back door or marvin oh yeah marvin vera go out the back door so like megan and buzz are like get into position or some shit like that They run to the back door and trip them on their way out, and I'm assuming their legs are infused with some kind of kinetic energy because then Marv and Vera sail 50 feet into the air across the yard into some bushes.
0: Yeah, and then, like, um, Natalie's in the limo with, like, the royal family, quote-unquote. And they have the worst British accents I've ever heard. I don't even think they speak, but the kid does. And he's totally dubbed over. Oh, 100%. And I'm like, what the f- Why? Why the fuck is this kid dubbed? And he's basically just like, what? Do you have any children at the home? What is it to do at your house, rich American woman? Oh, uh, excuse me, American but do you have any kids for me to play with?
1: I know I'm supposed to be a royal, but I talk like I'm
0: from the block. But, like, she goes, no, we don't have any kids. And I'm like, yeah, you do. You got fucking four. Or three. Yeah. yeah. Uh, You got three of them. What, what do you, don't piss off the royal people. You've been waiting for them to come for, like, five, for, like, the whole fucking week. Like, why wouldn't you just say yeah and then have them play with the kids?
1: Yeah, and then Natalie shows up and sees fucking Marv, Vera, and Molly getting arrested.
2: She's appalled.
1: Yeah, she's like, she, like, can't handle this for some reason. She's having
0: to freak out. It's like, shut up, stop. Like, (laughs) crisis averted. Yeah, like, you it You literally didn't have to do anything. Yeah. You're just standing there. You lost nothing. <laughs> yeah, literally zero. You lost nothing.
2: Well, she did lose something because Prescott, after talking with Kevin earlier in the movie, hands in his resignation because fuck you, bitch. He sure does. <laughs> he's like, fuck you, madam. Goodbye. And then Kevin's smirking the whole time because he's like, ah i love when a plan comes together Ugh, i love seeing women cry puts a cigar in his mouth and this is the point in the movie where i just made the decision that peter McAllister is a piece of shit oh he totally is because peter McAllister just decided for eight months he was gonna get his dick wet and, and sow so is royal oats and then he's gonna return to his family no fucking problem he had a vacation okay <laughs> this this man was like fuck you
0: family i'm going to live it up in the fucking mansion with the fucking hot duchess or whatever uh because he's fucking this lady left and right and just spending her money like nobody's business and then he's like you know what i love my wife bye and then they just get back together
1: yeah and then natalie has like a the fucking emotional breakdown and Prescott hands her a paper bag again. Ha ha ha!
0: And then Kevin's like, "Come on, royal family, you want to spend your Christmas with us?" And they're like, "Oh boy, do we!
2: Yeah, oh, do you want? Yes."
0: And they just presumably used Natalie's house to have Christmas in. Uh, and then and then uh, and then
1: the the closing credits drop kick us in the face, and the movie's just fucking over. Like, well, <laughs> no, even, no, 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 you missed
2: the best part, man. Oh, I forgot. Wh- what was music on? Snowfall.
0: Oh. Uh... Uh, go go gadget snow and then the fucking
2: starts snowing outside and then i said fuck me because this movie is so bad in so many ways and it shits on the memory of home alone one and two home alone three eh, a lot of people don't like it but it respects the originals i would sit
1: there and i would
2: marathon home alone three
1: before i Ever put myself to this movie again oh yeah it can't be that bad right and and like and home alone 3 like i saw home alone 3 in theaters for someone's birthday when i was little and like i haven't seen it since but i certainly remember there being a lot more happening in that movie than this one like yeah the plot is stupid yeah but like at some point like three russian terrorists get flung off a house onto a fucking a frozen pool like <laughs> <laughs> Uh, like at least it's
0: like semi-satisfying. Like it delivers what you would expect.
1: Yeah, you go to, you go to see a Home Alone movie to see some like to see the third act filled with destruction.
0: Yeah, but like, look, it's not going to be one or two, obviously, and it's yeah. not Macaulay and It's something totally different, and it's like okay, ex- whatever, I accept that. Uh, but when you make a Home Alone movie, and he's never actually fucking home alone, right? It kind of defeats the purpose of the. It, it doesn't work at all like it doesn't work that and as we've said like they they suck all the energy out of
1: the stuff that people remember most about this movie which is the all the 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 danger and the peril and the the, you know, yes. the physical the grievous bodily harm um it's all it's all gone, and in the, its replacements are so lifeless and just unfun, and they don't elicit an emotional response other than maybe an eye roll. Yeah, this is one of the, this is one of the worst movies I've
0: ever seen. Oh, for sure, easily. This movie's abysmal. Oh, I agreed. And just to add to that, like, and it takes all of like the things you're scared of when you're a kid you know how like they're amplified in the first two movies yeah right uh like in the cab when he's like all right scary out there ain't too much ain't much better in here kid like that kind of shit uh is totally missing from this the, the 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 shovel man um like yeah southbound shovel slayer yeah he is frightening at first yeah because he's he's filmed and framed like he would have something to hide and he has a story arc yes <laughs> even the furnace has a better story arc than any of the characters in this fucking film and i don't know it just works it's fucking good because because it's John Hughes, and and this is John Hughes Buchanan, hence the difference. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, this is this is it's it's so lazy. Um,
1: it's as I've said, uninspired. And it is there to serve a singular purpose, which is certainly not to be entertaining, but it was a back, like you said, it was a backdoor pilot for a TV series,
2: which I imagine would have sucked. Well, it's like you had Eric Gavari for the movie. He sure as fuck wasn't doing the show.
1: Yeah, like, and if this was the tone you were setting for a TV show, this show would have tanked so fucking hard.
0: How do you make a series out of Home Alone? Yeah, and like, what
1: what is what is the series going to be about? Is Kevin going to be continuously defending his home from an, from an army of burglars, or is just Marv just going to keep fucking coming back and getting bamboozled. I think you just
2: called it. Yeah, it yeah. Like, every night, though? <laughs> yeah. Every episode, Marv, I broke out again. We're going out to
1: the fucking Grand Old Opry. Kevin, don't destroy the house again for the third time this week. I won't. So, what what presents do we have under the tree, guys? Uh, I went to open a box, and it looked nice, and then I opened it, and there was nothing in there.
2: <laughs> air? That's about as bad as it gets. Yeah, I got I got a fucking empty box. Like, not even, not you know, it's like air, but it's like a fart, like, in there. <laughs>
1: That's exactly what it is.
2: I open a box and
1: someone's two-day-old fart was in there waiting for me, and just hits me in the face. <laughs>
0: and I was like, "Not only is this lame and uninspired, but I got nothing out of it." Thanks. This is um, this is like a bird cage, and then when I unwrap it, there's a dead bird inside on Christmas Day. Oh, we forgot to take the bird out. Forgot to feed the bird. <laughs> um, it it it's one of those things where it's like it looks like. Something familiar on the outside, or oh, this could be good. Like I, I know what that is. I know what that's in there. And then you take up the paper, you're like, nope, that's not what I was expecting at all. Because goddamn, it's the polar opposite. Um, it is detestable. This film, I-, I, I'll never watch this shit again. I've said that a lot on this show. Um, but <laughs> as-, as, as for being the, the, the last of the first season of our first season, like this, I think takes the fucking taco for worst movie that i've watched this year um and,
1: and probably ever oh uh, no like i said this is easily one of the worst movies i've ever seen and if I, it, like the fact that it was on tv i i suppose to be the only saving grace of trying to escape it because if i saw this in theaters i would be outraged um but, like, it's a, but the fact that it was on TV
0: means people had the ability to go, now, nah, fuck this, and just turn it off. Could you imagine the the kind of backlash this would have gotten if people had to pay to go see this in theaters? Oh, my God.
1: This would have been one of those movies you hear, uh, you see in, like, a headline where it raked in, like, an embarrassingly low amount of money, where it's, like, it made, like, $200,000 for a national release. Didn't even break even? Yeah.
0: like <laughs> It just loses so much money. It just lost so much money, like, and apparently there's a fucking Home Alone 5? Yeah, the holiday heist I know that one of you
2: fuckers is going to make us do it next year. It's got Malcolm Bendallo in it. Like, I'm going to put a little bit of a spin on my answer because it's not necessarily a gift under the Christmas tree, but it is the uh, you know, it's the proverbial Christmas pie. You know, your apple pie, but it's like the apple pie that great grandma used to make, and now like a rel- okay, little food gift. It's it's a food gift, but it's you know great-grandma's recipe, but someone's never made it before, and they just—they only have, like, half the recipe, and, you know... And
1: grandma's been dead for years? Yeah,
2: and it was written in Italian, and it's been translated to English, and you know, they really try, but they just totally shit the bed on it. They use salt instead of sugar? Exactly. So you take a bite (laughs) of this thing, and it's just, you're thinking, man, this is, like, my great-grandma's pie. You know, my mom used to make it, my grandma used to make it, and then, you know, your cousin makes it, and it's a piece of shit, and you're just... (laughs) You're sitting there scratching your head, like, what... Where did it go wrong? Like... That's what this movie is. It's, it's, I can't even say it's with good intentions. Like this analogy I, I can picture has good intentions. I don't know if this movie even had that going for it, but we'll, we'll say it's a Christmas pie. Um, that's just not, you throw it right in the trash. You take one bite and, and you spit it out and you, and you don't even feed it to the dog. It goes right in the garbage can. Oof. Ain't that the fucking truth. So that's it. That's Home Alone
0: 4 colon Taking Back the House from 2002 directed by Rod Daniels. So, yeah, this is our last episode for the season for this year. And, um, you know, we really appreciate everybody who's been listening to the show. And, you know, we hope you like it. And we'll be back next year in the shiny new year. Hopefully not Rudolph's shiny new year. Oh, my God. Talk about a piece of shit that is. <laughs> and uh, we're going to take a little break for, for a few weeks while uh, the holiday passes and, new, and the new year comes. This little show has,
1: one, given me a brand new perspective on what, like, it really means to suffer through a bad movie, which I think, <laughs> which I hadn't, like, I hadn't been put, I hadn't been putting myself through it in a long time just because I just hadn't really had the motivation to, um, but it is, it's especially funny when I see people get extra hyperbolic on the internet or in person, and they say, like, oh, man, you know what was the worst movie I ever saw it was? What? Inception. It's like, dude, like, that's the worst... Do you have any idea what's out there? Like, that's the worst film you've ever seen? No, they don't. Uh, that, and it's it's nice and warm and cozy for me, because this is just all... It's remembering how much I loved growing up on Mitch's Science Theater and having a father who uh was kind of cultivating the appreciation for like B movies and stuff by he would go to the video store and bring me home like uh Cruise in the Black Lagoon, Night of the Living Dead. I think he he helped me discover Return of the Living Dead, uh, stuff like that. And he was the one who got me onto Mr. Sand's Theater, so yeah, this this show is this whole first season's been very cozy for me. It's also given me the chance to like go back and revisit movies like Equilibrium, which I've said before, um which, like, rediscovering that through adult eyes was really interesting because suddenly I was like, this movie is actually really ambitious and not as terrible as I thought. Um, it's still filled
0: with silly shit, but it's really fun to talk about. Absolutely. And I feel like I feel like maybe some of the listeners or some people who see this from the outside are like, oh, that's a fucking podcast that makes fun of movies. Well, yeah, we kind of do. We, we do. Uh, but, you know, we're just trying to it, – it's a comedy show like it's a comedy podcast and and we're, we're talking about films that we're trying
2: to take the piss out of them
0: yeah l- listen i i like to make fun of everything i guess what i'm trying to say is we're not as jaded as you might <laughs> suspect yeah no no i
1: actually want to get out in front of that because like i still have friends who are still convinced that i just hate everything i'm like i really don't though yeah. like i really i i get excited about almost everything but it's just that things are consistently disappointing at times maybe there's a trend or something but also like I'm still investing time and energy into it and even if I'm pooping on Batman vs Superman for the umpteenth time, I still kind of like that movie.
0: Like <laughs> yeah. Well, there you go. Like I don't see I don't see what's wrong with having a little fun with something that I enjoy. Like like the Rune Stone, I genuinely fucking love that movie. But oh, like yeah. I could sit here and fucking joke about it all day because you can. But it's it's fun to kind of do that, but then we mix it up with like, you know, fun facts and shit like that and then like i don't know I, I i think um i just don't want to get misconstrued that like we're here our sole purpose isn't to shit on everything and be you know cynical jerk offs um we're just have we're, we're just trying to have some fun you yeah know?
1: like here's a fun fact you know how often i watch frankenstein unbound like once a year like <laughs> I, I secretly love that movie
0: because it's weird to me and fascinating. I watch a gnome named Norm more than once every year,
2: so go figure. And, I mean, I I don't think we've gotten out of our way to watch exclusively bad movies. Um, You know, we, we kind of like a little bit of behind the scenes here lifting the, the proverbial curtain. But it's like, you know, between the three of us, we kind of go back and forth on, like, what each person's kind of thinking for a movie before we actually land on one. And I, I think the majority of the movies, I, f- I feel like, you know, maybe I'm wrong about this. I haven't, you know, gone back and done, like, you know, counted every single movie. But I feel like the majority of the ones that we watch, we did like. And then there's just, like, a handful of really bad ones. And then there's, like, in the middle, there's a few that are just, like, okay. But I don't think... Yeah, for sure. I don't think we necessarily are going out of our way to watch really bad movies. Like, occasionally, like, you have your Mortal Kombat Annihilations. You have this film we just, we just talked about. And you have, you know... I, I always go back to, you know, House of the Dead, because, you know, as much as you guys said this is the worst thing we ever watched, I still think that takes the cake, but uh, it's a close one.
1: That, and, like, I am sometimes asked by, like, co-workers and Seven friends, like, well, what, like, what's your criteria? It's like, I don't know, it has to be interesting to talk about. Right, exactly. A movie like Mortal Kombat Annihilation is worth talking about, because... It, the first movie is pretty goddamn good and then the second movie is not only bad for a, a video game movie it's one of the worst movies ever made right um, and it was in theaters and I don't I can't imagine how it was made um, and it's also just a puzzling handling of a very popular video game franchise or something like Death Note which is just another entry in the pantheon of like really confusing american remakes
0: of anime products like maybe we should stop doing that <laughs> yeah. yeah and it's and it's something to unpack and kind of have a discussion about while discussing the movie and while kind of putting the perspective on what it is we like and we don't like about it while having
2: fun with it i think perspective's key because there's been plenty of stuff that we've watched on this show that i'll i'll talk about how much i disliked it and then we'll watch something that's like monumentally worse after and i have to like walk it back a little bit like all right wait a minute monster in the closet i did not enjoy but maybe it's not that bad
0: i just think it's funny because like we enjoy the majority of the films that we watch i mean if if we had to lay out this season and say like oh man how many films do we hate versus what we actually liked i don't think it's right i i think i think the stuff that we liked heavily outweighs the stuff we didn't like The, the stuff i truly passionately sincerely hated is like the single digits yeah but we this show is called Movie Dumpster, okay? And we rummage through cinema's garbage for the good, the bad and the god awful. And there are so many great flicks that nobody gives a shit about or have been forgotten or is um only privy to like a select group of people like oh i know that fucking movie um so that's another reason too cuz we want to kind of dredge that up and like put it out there and hopefully it's a movie that you haven't seen before and it sounds funny or like enjoyable that you would want to watch it something you never saw before that's yeah that could be all you know older like what's really cool about that is that like sometimes
1: i see that in action through uh, arlen because i notice i know when he's listened to an episode because two days later he'll go on facebook or he'll message me about a movie we just talked about because he's watching it right then and there
0: and i like that because it's like yeah it's interesting enough for somebody to go oh shit i want to go check that movie out which is awesome to me because then it's somebody else that can kind of partake in in um what we're doing and what we're watching and and things that we enjoy i don't know oh i forgot i forgot to mention during this episode but i mentioned that we were doing home alone
1: four to him specifically and he said okay i think i need to be on this one i was like we're recording tomorrow he's like all right i can't make it he's like but make sure to tell everyone (laughs) he says that when i saw that movie at eight years old i was so earth-shatteringly disappointed (laughs) So Arlen saw this years before I ever knew its existence. Oh, man. But, uh, yeah, and then, like, when we did Guyver 1 and 2, there was a few people I saw who were really excited about the nostalgia it gave them. And when I told people we were covering Guyver, like, old co-workers from New Jersey and stuff like that, they were like, holy shit, I haven't thought about that movie since I saw it on Sci-Fi Channel on Saturday morning. Yeah. And tickling that new <laughs> nostalgia really makes me happy. Like, that's really
0: interesting to me. Look, I, I, I really hope people listen to the show, but, like, as long as I can get together with you guys every week and just talk about movies that we like, I'm satisfied, you know? Um and I know the Phantom guy, the Phantom Zone guys, listen to it, so that's enough for me. Yep. Um. I mean, hopefully, let's see what happens next year. But uh, we got a lot of got a lot of fun stuff planned for next year, and uh, we're gonna grow grow the podcast a bit and and do some fun stuff. Um. So we'll see where that takes us. I'm Joel Escola. I'm Sean O'Rourke. I'm Connor McGraw. Thanks for visiting the dumpster, and we'll see you next year in season two. Open bar. Open bookshelf. Open, open
1: book bar. Open book bar shelf. Open, open book bar thing. Oh.
2: Open sesame. That's stupid. Whoa!